sometimes you do a show and you do that show for so long that you don't recognize how quickly a promise you made is on the horizon. Um, the promise I made is still on the horizon. But I, I'm tonight, so excited. <laughs> tonight, in, in the world of City Wave Cinema, we are going to sit here with our live YouTube chat. Uh, and regardless of what they say, uh, make our own tier list of every movie we have watched for the show so far. Oops. Um, America is bad at being a switcher. It's fine. I am bad at clicking buttons so, tonight, apparently. It's because your giant cup's in the way. It is um, partially that. So we have ourselves a tier list. We have the movie posters from every movie we've watched for the channel so far. Um, all the way back to our first episode of those godforsaken Harry Potter movies. Um, and it's a tier list from S to F. S being the highest rating a movie can get. If I were a betting man, I would say not a single movie makes it into S tier because we have to come to a consensus about how good the movie is. Once we are done making the tier list for every movie we've watched, we're going to make a second tier list. And this second tier list is going to be a tier list for our own episodes and which episodes we think were the best. Which is really interesting because each movie warrants two podcast episodes because we can talk about movies for hours. It's kind of what we studied in school and everything. So we have a lot to say about most of these things. Um, so I think the more interesting tier list is actually going to be which episodes of the show we think are the best. But that's going to come later. So... <laughs> Our chat's already popping off. I want to add go. in here for this. Um, this is going to be the 99th episode of the podcast. When it comes out in podcast format, it will be episode 99. We will take a break for stream to switch lists and for us to get like drinks and stuff like that the podcast episode will be one, one episode. episode next time will be the hundredth episode of this podcast that is going to be another one that you guys are not going to want to miss because james is right he made a promise i fucked up is what i did he made a promise about what movie we would watch for the hundredth episode it's one he swore he would never watch that's right it's human centipede no <laughs> you won't get to know what that is <laughs> till that episode drops but it is going to be one of the best episodes of city wave cinema um all right but we are here to discuss movies tonight all the movies that we've watched on this channel which is 49 of them Final answer, because we've done this... We've done the math a few times. Done the math a few times. Um, I'd like to make a suggestion. What would you like to make the suggestion of? I would like to start with the oldest and work our way towards the most recent episodes. Okay. So the so first... we've got to find it in here. The first movie was, that we ever Harry watched... Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Yes, which is one of these Harry Potter... Nope. They're so small. That's Chamber of Secrets. There is he it is. All right. Ah, uh, yes. So we have Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone right here. Okay. Um, this <laughs> let me, let me, let me 
start by saying. Okay, James gets to go first. Go first. Harry Potter as a series is one that is so deeply beloved by its audience. And it's a billion dollar franchise. And it, there are so many wonderful actors and performances that have been put on. It's a beloved franchise. Mm -hmm. yes. That being said, the books are, in my opinion, more beloved True. as they allow for much more in the way of character growth development. You get to see more things when you read the books and you see it in your mind's eye. And I, I don't want to sit here, rate every Harry Potter movie, because we watched them all. We talked about them all on the show. I don't want to sit here and talk about the movies and have to consider the books, because the books do not affect what you see on the screen. See, I can... When, I have to separate them because I haven't read the books. And that's fair. And guess what? In this instance, I can objectively do that because I have favorite Harry Potter movies and I can tell you where I would rank them all. It's just when we get into the episodes, that's when I start talking about, oh, the books, this, the books, that. But like objectively, no, I can sit here and tell you which movies are my favorite. In fact, I've done that on our episodes. You know that Goblet of Fire is one of my least favorite ones. And if any of them could be redone and refilmed, I'd say it'd be that one. But um, we're not talking about that one yet. We're talking okay. about Philosopher's Stone. So the Philosopher's Stone. Mm -hmm. I don't think this is the worst Harry Potter movie. I don't there think so now, either. There has to be a best Harry Potter movie and there has to be a worst Harry Potter movie. I don't think this is the worst one. I think this is a low budget children's movie that is lauded as one of the better movies that's ever existed. And I think that's unfair because I think they could have done much more with more money, more backing from the studios, and it could have been a better movie. I want to put this movie directly into C as an average because I think it is fine. I'll agree with you. I don't think it's the best Harry Potter movie. I also certainly don't think it's the worst Harry Potter movie. Um... For me, I, I don't know if I can put it in a C, though, just looking at some of the other things on this list. Listen, there's a lot of movies that we are going to disparately argue about in here. But I can tell you, there's a couple that are going to find their way directly into F tier instantly. So I, I also think that we should start by starting in the middle, either B or C tier for a few movies before we really... Feel out, and then we can go back and rearrange. We can, needed. yeah, we can move. I, I'll compromise on a C for. I want to start with C because I think it had a much higher potential than it lived up to, and I think it's just a bit of a shame. I agree. I can agree with that. We can put it for C now. I'm gonna probably argue for B later. I'm not saying A or S. Definitely not. But I can. Well, you see, the problem with it is that the story was mediocre, the characters didn't have enough time to get developed, and also the graphics were maybe the worst ever. So, But it, that's, that's a sign it's, of the times. It was right. 2001. It was 2001, and they didn't have enough money to make the graphics good. The first time the graphics get good in the movies is in Goblet of Fire. That's when the graphics start to be like, oh, they're spending money on this shit. See, I'd argue it would be Prisoner of Azkaban. Well, I'm not saying that they were actually good. I'm saying that's when they started to get good. Um, Prisoner of Azkaban is probably my favorite one, but that's not next. What's next is Chamber of Secrets. It is Chamber of Secrets. So find that one. I've already got that one. That Chamber of Secrets has one of the most dog shit ass stories 
of all the fucking Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait the fuck up. What? Hold why? On. Now think about this. Oh my god, why? Think about this. Everyone hates Harry Potter in that movie. Not not a soul likes him. And it's not his fault. It's because J.K. Rowling wrote that he's a bad man. Also, the, the snicky snake gets out and about <laughs> into the school and and Dumbledore knows about it. No, 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 no. Dumbledore fucking knows about the goddamn snake and he doesn't do a single fucking thing about it and he lets children hunt it down. Can I just talk about the fact that you reduced the basilisk? One of like, not even just Harry Potter, but one of like the most regarded like monsters in like in fantasy lore. lore? To a sneaky snake. He, uh, he is, is he not a sneaky snake? Is he not a sneaky snake? No one fucking sees him, and when they do, they get petrified. And he lets it happen! He just lets it happen! God damn it, it's fucking terrible! I was just actually, I was listening to a Harry Potter theory today on YouTube. I, I watched it last <laughs> night, but I was intoxicated, so I had to rewatch it again today. Um, Dumbledore's a piece of shit. <laughs> it was about Dumbledore's life, because, um, mad respect, because... Uh, Rest in peace, Michael Gambon. That happened earlier this yeah, week, and I'm very Sir Michael Gambon passed away this week. I'm RIP, like, much love, much respect. Um, but let's talk about Dumbledore, who is honestly one of the most complex characters in literary history. Um, from start to finish in his life. Maybe not in the core Harry Potter series, but when you break down his whole life, it's severely complicated. But to talk about the fact that Harry mentions in the books that Dumbledore, he felt like Dumbledore was trying to give him chances to, like, go at Voldemort himself. Like, set it up. Which is not a good thing. I'm not arguing that anything Dumbledore does ever is a good thing. But... I think that's why. And what's worse is James isn't wrong because this is also the movie with Gilderoy Lockhart, who is a giant <laughs> piece of shit. <laughs> I forgot about Gilderoy briefly. <laughs> um, there's there is a lot of bad things in this movie, but I think some. Okay, to be fair, okay, the actor that does Gilderoy Lockhart, one of the best performances. Oh, Kenneth Branagh. In oh, Harry Potter history. Well done to him. Listen, they got Chris Columbus in on this thing, man. And he is a good director, okay? Chris Columbus is a good director. I will say, and that's why I said specifically that in this movie, the story is dog shit. Some of the acting performances in the early Harry Potter movies, where people are literally giving it their all, are really, really good. There's some really, really good performances that come out of these movies. It can't be denied. Absolutely. At the same time, you can have a really great performance to a terrible, terrible fucking script. Okay, is it the script that's awful or the actual plot for you? And that's hard because you have to separate plot of movie from plot of book. And I know that plot of book is supposedly better, but plot of movie is condensed and shit. I will say in this one, this is probably one of my least favorite Harry Potter books. Wasn't this also the one where Voldemort was on the back of the guy's head? No, that's that's Philosopher's Stone. Oh, that's Philosopher's Stone? This is the one where he's in a book. <laughs> oh my god, okay. All right, all right. <laughs> I want you to say the whole plot of this movie out loud and tell me it's not a fucking sham. 
What? Well, no. What I love about it is sometimes if you take fantasy stuff completely out of context, like any of them, Lord of the Rings, anything. But like just saying like, no, this is the one where Voldemort is in a book and not in the back of Guy's head. That sentence is just so like. It's pretty silly, isn't it? Contextually bizarre. Like that. It's like, oh, okay, this is. <laughs> in this in this movie, the bad guy is in a book. There's an evil snake that the headmaster of the school knows about and doesn't do anything about. He also lets all the teachers think it's Harry's fault that the snake is out here fucking up the school. But you also have, like, the flying car, the whomping willow, Aragog. Like, there's a lot of good shit in this one, too. Uh, the Aragog sequence is pretty sick. This is the one where Harry basically tells Lucius Malfoy he can go fuck himself as a 12-year-old. Mad fucking respect. Listen, sometimes you have really good performances, but your overall plotline is dog shit. Okay, can we agree? If I were to rank, okay, if I were to rank Philosopher's Stone B, it's at C right now, I would put Chamber of Secrets as C. I'd put Chamber of Secrets at D. Okay, so again, we're going to compromise. It's got C. C. <laughs> All the movies end up in C what's, here. <laughs> what's the next one? Prisoner of Azkaban, which is already Prisoner right Prisoner of here. Azkaban has uh, 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 Sirius Black in it, yeah? Yes. So... With the introduction of one of my favorite characters in all of Harry Potter and my favorite actor to be in a Harry Potter film, this one's going to take a straight shot into B for me. Um, also, isn't this the introduction of even more of the Legion of Evil Bitches? It is. It's also, um, it's also, we got the new director, which we both loved. Uh, Alfonso Cuaron. Yeah, because his direction is just... It, there's a significant jump in quality from the first two Harry Potter movies to the third one because Chris Columbus is good, but he made two children's movies and one of them was bad. Uh, and in Prisoner of Azkaban, we stopped making children's movies and mm -hmm. we started making cinema. And in Prisoner of Azkaban, there's more experimental camera angles. There's more interesting things done with sound design and lighting and themes and moods. And it's overall a better movie. Also, the ethereal plot of Azkaban as this mythological prison that's a hellscape that you only hear things about. You don't even fucking see it in this movie, do you? No, you don't see it till Bellatrix gets out. Right. So it's 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 another facet of good storytelling to have this this location that you don't get to see but people know about and they know it's this horrible awful place and it's just looming ever present in the background of the movie and i don't remember exactly the plot line of this movie serious black uh we find is, out that serious is that when he escapes he escapes and then we get to the whole like plot line of peter pettigrew and everything at the end so this one also comes with a huge plot twist that like Oh, yeah, that Scabbers is Peter Pettigrew. Yeah, and that he didn't die, and that Sirius is innocent. So, like, a huge... There's... there's me. This is a easy B for me. If if not sneaking its way into A for launching the franchise into a new tier of excellence. There's a lot of changes that happened between 2 and 3. They clearly got a bigger budget. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we get the new Dumbledore, because unfortunately... Oh, yeah, Michael Gambon stepped in. Yeah, unfortunately, we lost the first Dumbledore in the second film. He passed away. He was very old, so that's fair. Um, we get the bigger set. We get the Hogwarts that'll stay with us for the rest of the films, but we got a bigger set. They actually start using a castle. Um, you, we get Lupin. We get Lupin, who's one of the best characters in Harry Potter history, um, the CGI goes up. This is when CGI really started picking up with the Dementors, Buckbeak, like, 
that whole flight Harry takes on Buckbeak is absolutely one of my favorite scenes of all time. Like, there's a lot of really great, amazing things that happen in this one. I'd put this one in an easy A, if not an S for me, so we're going to probably have to compromise at an A, and that'll be the first... It's the first A-tier movie is Prisoner first of Azkaban. First A movie is Prisoner of Azkaban, and honestly, it's my favorite one for a lot of... It's my favorite Harry Potter movie um, for a lot of reasons, mainly because, um, if you're new here, I love love. More than I love, like, most things. Like, I love couples and shipping, and this one just has a lot of really cute Ron and Hermione moments, and they're my favorite couple to ship of all time. Which one's the one where they all, where they just have a tiff for the whole movie? Ron and Hermione? Yeah. That's, where they just have a fight uh, That's Half-Blood Prince, because he dates Lavender. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I'm very happy putting this one in A, because I think it's... Okay. I think it's really, really I'll t- good. I'll tolerate that. Goblet Next up is Goblet of Fire. Uh, now, here. here's a good thing about Goblet of Fire. Here's a good thing? There's a good thing? The rating is PG-13. It's much more intense. It's much more interesting. They had to give it a PG-13. Like, people it's, die. It's also one of the dumbest fucking movies. I will... We take, a, we take a minute to just step back from one of the most built-up villains in cinema history... Bigger than Sauron, bigger than any bad guy that you've seen in Star Wars. Voldemort is the guy, right? He's in this one. Yes, he's in this one. And at the end, he's sort of pulling the strings on the way the movie goes. But until you get to the end of the movie, we just take a quick side trip to talk about having a tournament. So (laughs) we get the fucking other schools and we get the Hogwarts song. And it's all so fucking stupid. Hogwarts, Hogwarts, what Huggy, sh- Huggy, Hogwarts. Oh, fucking dog Teach shit fucking something, story. please. Why did we have a fucking sports movie in the middle of this fucking epic hero's journey tale? And then we fucking kill Cedric at the end of it. And you have what is maybe one of the saddest scenes in a Harry Potter movie when Cedric's dad is just openly weeping. My boy. They killed my boy! One of the greatest scenes in the movie is the saddest scene in the series, and it's at the tail end of this dog shit movie. I will say, Goblet of Fire is easily one of my least favorite Harry Potter Did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? It has one of the messed up scenes, <laughs> which everyone is a Harry Potter fan already knows about with Dumbledore. <laughs> James <laughs> fell on the ground. Um... The hair. It's so bad. I'm not going to rant very much about the hair because I've talked about the hair a thousand times. Oh, God, you hate their hair for no reason. It's bad. It's just long. Fred and George's hair is also bad. It doesn't match the character descriptions. And what I love about this one is so many people got upset about it. There's a drastic shift. Everybody. then they all cut their hair. Everybody got a haircut for the fifth one. Um, (laughs) But I will say, I... I also dislike the plot of the Goblet of Fire for a lot of reasons. One, the Triwizard Tournament as a whole concept is so inherently a flawed idea. And people so dumb. People have been dissecting it and taking it apart and making arguments. The magical contract. Why couldn't Harry just be pulled out of the tournament? This, that, the other, blah, blah. Like, there's so many inherent flaws with this one as a plot. Out of all the Harry Potter movies, this one has the most plot holes. It's very... 
it's random. So shit. We're in the middle of puberty for the characters as well as the cast. Like it's like which wait what, what my my biggest fuck up with this movie is when they did the the challenge underwater in the lake. Okay. Because did well, there was someone who were the people that they knocked out and put underneath the water? Um, it was against our, their will, by the way. No, they they told them what was happening. They went to McGonagall and she kind of explained like, "Hey, here's what's going to happen." Oh well, we didn't get those scenes. It's in the book. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> it looks a lot fucking worse in a movie where suddenly, guess what? Your closest homies are gonna drown if you don't win. By the way, and in the book, they make the point to like. Make sure, oh, you know, they volunteered for this. Well, guess what? They didn't do that in the movie. It just looks like we fucked up your friends and put them underwater. I mean, that's how it was supposed to look to the champions. Because, like, they needed stakes. You need stakes. Um, Very manufactured. So it was was Floor's little sister. Right. Hermione, because Victor was in love with her. Victor had a boner. Ron, because Harry and Ron. I don't know. It, well, listen, okay, Flory's little sister makes sense. Sure. Cedric's dating Cho makes sense. Sure. Hermione's dating Victor, even Great. though they just met like a month ago. Sure. All right, cool. Now let's put Ron Weasley. Let's put our boy. Because it's, Harry's, it's Harry's best friend. That's that's it. It's just, it's just really awkward when you look at the lineup because it's just. And then doesn't Harry save Floor's little sister? Yeah, because Floor put Floor Floor bitched Floor out. out. Yeah, Floor bitched out. She got attacked and she pulled from the um, round. Which also, I think if you pull from the, a round of the Triwizard Tournament, you should be. That should be it. Like you shouldn't get to continue to the next task to complete compete for the title. Like you already fucking pulled out. They should have put bottles of vodka down there for Victor instead. Um. But for the amount of things I'm going to put, I'm going to say a very, I'm actually going to call the ranking before you do this time. And it's going to be a little bit controversial probably to the chat, but I'm going to put this as a solid D and I'm going to put it in D because as a Harry Potter movie, it probably has the most left out of the plot. It is the most inherently flawed plot of the Harry Potter films. And I really hate their hair. Where Uh, would you? I agree. It goes in D. Solid. Locked in. It's never moving. Okay, what, what? I know that Sonic hops in here at some point, we, but we, I, have, we have Order of the Phoenix first. Okay, I was like, I don't know when this is Order of the Phoenix. Uh, in this movie, we get much more Gary Oldman, and so automatically it's better. I want it in B tier. You're not even going to talk about it. I don't remember much about it. This is Umbridge. Oh, that cunt! This is Umbridge, right? No. I don't know. Yes, no, yes, I, it's no. It's been so long since I watched them, I put them out of my mind. No, this is Umbridge, because they go to the Department of Ministries and they have to sneak around, use the flu network, they think Sirius is missing, yeah. Oh, it's like Umbridge. half spy movie. Yeah, Umbridge is here, um, which also, again, if we're talking about people who freaking like, went for it in the Harry Potter series. Oh, this is David Yates' first. This is Umbridge, the actress who did Umbridge... I couldn't she cast a better person. Rushed that. I could not cast a better person. Also, this is a this is a movie where the violence of the wizarding world reaches out to civilians. For the fir- you really see it for the first time. Yeah, because they this is the one where you start to see that the wizarding the world the dementors attack Dursley. Yeah, and the wizarding world affects the Muggle world. This is also the one where we start to see like. 
more violence towards muggles. Like, Voldemort's starting to pick up rankings. Bellatrix escapes fucking Azkaban. There's a lot of really good shit that hit happens in Order of the Phoenix. Um, I really serious don't, I dies. don't have that much that's bad to say about this movie because there's so... it. They started really getting a good handle on because the books have so many plot lines and they want to incorporate as much of the books into the movies as they can, they started doing a really good job of taking the plot lines, all of them, and just condensing them and putting them in in a much in a in a more orderly way. Because I think they touch on everything from the book in this movie. They, if I recall there's stuff that's left out, but it's not Stuff that affects the plot. It's like, like tertiary stuff. Yeah, I feel like like we miss a lot of the Department of Mystery, uh, min- Mysteries. They There's a lot that happens we in the Department of Mysteries. We still see Trelawney get fired. There's a lot that happens in this movie, and I think they did the best that they could with... I think they learned from a lot of their mistakes from Goblet of Fire and really, really pushed forward with this one. Um, everybody got their hair cut, for those that cared. Um, and yeah, there was stuff that was missing... From the movie, for sure, that was in the book. But there was also a lot that was kept in. And I think you're right. I think they did. This is probably one of the best examples, other than the earlier two, when it was much easier because there was like 200 pages. I think this is one of the best examples of them carrying the whole plot through. We got Hagrid's um, giant brother. We did the centaurs. We did Dumbledore's army. We did Cho and Harry. We did... Pretty much everything. Honestly, if I could check off the list, like, yeah, we lose a little bit of the Department of Mysteries, but how much of that really affected the plot of the core plot of the movie? Um, You also get one of the best Dumbledore scenes of him. They come to arrest him and that bitch just fucking rolls out like with (laughs) with Fox. And it's just like, like even um, it's it's easily even the best one. Even Kingsley Shacklebolt was like. You, you can hate Dumbledore all you want to, but you gotta admit that guy's got style. That's not exactly it's, what it's he says. The, but... It's the same. It's the same thought of like the, every interaction with Jack Sparrow. Like that is the worst pirate I've ever seen. But you have heard of him. Yep. It's it's that. Except Dumbledore is canonically one of the best wizards of all time. Yeah, he's just a cock. Um, he's a really A-tier. bad person. I I think so. A-tier. I'm not saying it's S tier, but it's it's the, definitely there is A-tier. not a single Harry Potter movie that is S tier. I don't even. I the I, best they will ever do is A. We'll see. We'll see. What's next? Is Sonic next? Sonic the Hedgehog. We took a break because chat does. If you're new here, chat does get to vote every single week on what we watch next. So there is some incentive to tune into us live. Um, unfortunately, you guys don't get to do that for three episodes, as we've already stated. Sorry about it. But you do get to do that. Um, Sonic was surprisingly... It's a good movie. Good. It's a good movie. It's not, like, a great movie, but it was really good. You get really good Jim Carrey. You get, like, almost back in prime, like, early 2000s Jim Carrey. Like, in the year of our Lord, 2020. Yeah, really good Jim Carrey. Um, they This is one of the first films where we really see the power of the internet start to take control of media. Oops. Because they <laughs> released 
the, one picture of Sonic with normal people teeth. It wasn't even a picture, I think. It was a teaser trailer. Oh, was it a teaser? And everyone was like, everyone and clowned on the poor, everyone, the poor animators. Everyone <laughs> collectively lost their fucking shit. They're like, everyone was mad. There was like, you have fucking drawings of him, just 3D render him. Like, we don't need him changed. Like, the internet lost its fucking mind so much so that they spent significant amounts of money. They dumped much more money into it in hopes that it would... To reanimate the entire Sonic movie. It's it's that age-old consideration of no publicity is bad publicity. And even though that first rendition of Sonic was some truly bad publicity, I think that did contribute dramatically to the overall sales of the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. And to be honest, they did a really good job turning it around and making him look good. It looks so much better. They did. I'm not going to say it's like true to Sonic lore. It's very specifically not. It's going to do what Five Nights at Freddy's is going to do, and there's going to be game lore, and then there's going to be film lore, because, you know, we need more diverging plot lines in that franchise, but... um, I I really liked it. It's a solid B for me. I, yeah, I'd put it in B. It's nothing, it's nothing novel. Yeah. It's just good. Yeah, it's just cute, it's good, it's a fun time. I will say, too, like, there's something that was going around the internet was like, because they did, they dumped millions, I think it was, dollars into reanimating the entire fucking movie because the internet was like, no. And then the internet was kind of like, all right, guys, we kind of like, we made them do this. So like, now we have to collectively go see the movie. Like, yeah, show up. Help the fucking animators. Show up and support because, and they did. It was a good movie. It got a sequel. And the sequel wasn't shit either. We'll talk about that one later. Yeah, it was it was honestly a good movie. I'm not saying it's like, oh my god, I love this movie. I'd watch it over and over again. But it was it was cute. It was good. It was not bad. I don't think we even had a lot of bad things to say about it. A couple plot holes here and there, but No, and even then, like, in terms of total recorded time for the podcasts, which came out two years ago at the end of October. Holy fuck. Um the we we recorded an hour and forty minutes. You, for the podcast episodes. You can also always tell which episode, like, which movies we really liked, because those are the shortest episodes. The movies we like always get shorter episodes because we can't sit there and bitch about them. Yeah. I mean, there's stuff to nitpick, but at that point, you're nitpicking. Yeah, when we get on, like, tangents and stuff, I think Grease is one of our longest oh, ones. Oh, Grease? Beetlejuice? Boy. There's, and it's, it's, what's, what, what. What also makes, like, some of the longest ones is where it's stuff from my childhood that I was like, oh, James, watch this movie that I loved and it's, like, a classic in my and family. We, we rewatch it and I go, this is, uh, all of this is bad like, for it's, lots of reasons. It's very problematic. And I sit here and I go, oh. Oh, no. I don't remember. Oh. Oh, ah, no. Man, that doesn't play well anymore. Um, And then we get to talk about it and I get to Oh, dice- no, the joke's aged like milk. Yeah, it wasn't good. Um, So next is uh, Half-Blood. Half-Blood Prince. Which is one of these Harry Potter... It's like- Half-Blood Prince was, I think, the most interesting plot of the Harry Potter movies. There's one there and there's one there. That's Sucker Punch. That's not even Harry Potter, but well, you're close. it looks like that. This one. not Harry Potter This either. one. It's the one with Dumbledore. Oh, this okay. is also the one, again, R.I.P., that Dumbledore dies. So, <laughs> Oof. I will say, okay, from a plot one, from a plot standpoint, I dislike Half-Blood Prince for a lot of reasons, mainly because it's the one where we really start to see... Snape stop being a whole character? 
No, we. I, I was really. We get to see like a lot of the corruption of Dumbledore and how. Oh yeah. A lot of he's his a cocky asshole. A lot of his stuff is not good. Like, isn't this isn't this the movie where he and Harry do the trial thing mm-hmm. and he has to drink the poison? Yep. I like that you called a trial after playing the video game. Yeah, I know, right? It's because I played the fucking Hogwarts Legacy game <laughs> on stream, and it's just all the trials of who. James's James's my lex- lexicon. Lexicon and vocabulary of the Harry Potter universe has changed drastically since we've since been playing. When I, when I started, and I was like, that fucking magical creature. Now I know what they're called. He knows what they're called. He knows names of spells. He knows what the I know spells that Hufflepuff do. Hufflepuff is a school term and not an animal. Um, honestly, like, I don't have a lot about to say about the Half-Blood Prince as a Harry Potter movie. Like, it's just kind of... I thought it was interesting because they they took Dumbledore and made him even more sinister. And they took Snape and made him a bitch. And I just, like, I don't... Well, it's because he gets tied up in that whole fucking... Uh, he gets roped unforgivable into some... Or an unbreakable vow. Yeah, he gets roped into some bullshit, but... He's also the kind of character, and shout out to Alan Rickman for playing him like a cold-blooded motherfucker. But Alan Rickman's he, one of the best performances. Snape in the movies has no ethics. He has no moral backbone. He is a limp, wet noodle of a bitch, and I fucking hate him. And that ma- it makes Alan Rickman's performance that much better because. He's not supposed to You're be gonna like that. You're going to anger a lot of people. I don't give a rat's ass. A lot of people really like Snape. Okay. Um, I, I guess for this one, what's hard about this one for me is it was my favorite book. Out of the entire Harry Potter series, Half-Blood Prince was my favorite book. And did they, did they just destroy it for you? It did, wasn't even destroyed. I just feel like it wasn't... As good as it could have, like this is probably the like the like the first movie, like it could have been better and it just wasn't. Yeah, they chose to. They also this is the one where we get an entire. uh, We don't talk about this enough, but an entire uh, race change of Lavender Brown. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Yo, they made her white. Yeah. (laughs) Why? I don't know, but you're going to have to do some sound editing for this episode because you've peaked the mic about a good oh, 10 times. Oh, oh, I know. Um, No, there's... The audacity. I, yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of, I think this one could have done a lot better. I think they could have done a lot better with it. It, is it one of the longer books? No, it's actually one of the, it, it, like looking at the end, because we did look that up at, right before this because we were talking about it. Because like I said, we had a really hard time preparing for this podcast because we start talking about things and we're like, no, no, we have to wait. Um, It's not one of the longest of the last ones. It's one of the longest books. But then again, you also have like the first three to compare with where those are like like less than 400 pages. Mm -hmm. But out of the last half of them, it is one of the shortest ones. Um, So I I say this is a C tier movie for me. A lot. In general, just like on a Harry Potter standpoint. Again, I'd probably put one and two in B if I were arguing for it, but this one's probably C for me. Out of the Harry Potter ones, and I've got two up here, one down here, and I'd probably put this, like I said, these two. Uh, the, ch- the shift of Lavender Brown, who is a character with lines and is notable, that's got to put that shit in D for me. 
Okay, so we're compromising on C. We have C. to compromise on C. Can we move this one up to B? I'll, yeah. Because there's just, their hands were tied. It couldn't have been better than it was. Because of the budget and like the, 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 the glass ceiling for them was just too low. And yeah, I don't think we can fault the movie for that. So I think no, we have think to raise it up. If you could give them another $40 million to make that movie, it would have been infinitely better. So for podcast, just so you're aware, we moved Philosopher's Stone up, up to level. B. Yeah. But uh, Half-Blood Prince is in C for sure. Now I need to make everyone even more angry. Because we're going to talk about Deathly Hollows Part 1? No. What are we going to talk about? Beetlejuice. Oh, I forgot we had another break. Uh, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Oh, snap. No, it's right there. <laughs> no, I said it three times. Unbroken. Oh, unspoken. God damn it. Fuck. <laughs> I just, I was just looking for it and I said Michael, it go away. <laughs> Get the shit out of my house. <laughs> I've never done that. I didn't ask for the striped pajamas, motherfucker. I've never done that. I, that's like one of those weird, like, I know Beetlejuice is not real, but it's that's like, like talking about Hamlet or whatever. You mean Beth? Sure, I don't know. Theater that's, is a mystical world. That's one of my weird, yeah, superstitions one where I've never actually said Beetlejuice three times in a row and I have anxiety well, now. Well, you oopsied. Oh, I don't like that. I got goosebumps. I mm, I feel uncomfortable. Anyways, this movie... Uh... So, Beetlejuice. <laughs> On first watch ever in my life, I watched this movie and all I could do was sit here and think about how fucking demented the plot of this movie is front to back it's about dead people i don't know what it you is it but it's mask it's pedophilia masquerading as a black comedy and it's not even that fucking funny michael keaton does his damnedest to be funny and all he winds up doing is looking like a giant pervert which is part of the character of beetlejuice but at the same time Beetlejuice is such a dog shit ass concept that I cannot abide by the fact that they made a new movie and dragged Winona Ryder into it, okay? They fucking made a... It's a cult classic. People love it. And they're fucking wrong. I've got, like, it... it I, I jump around with this movie, even putting it on the tier list, because you're right. I think that there's a lot of plot holes it's a little it's a little creepy it ages like milk it's it did not age well but i am a tim burton stan uh tim burton's a bitch and i do love winota's performance and i think there's killer performances in it i think michael did a great job i think winona did a great job but what i think it lacks and what it does is and and this is kind of why it's dropped in rankings for me upon watching it with James and doing it for this podcast, because I probably would have thrown it up in the top. Yeah, you'd have put it in the ARS tier. And it's dropped down a lot because also, since this movie has been released, we've also had the hit Broadway musical Beetlejuice come out, and, and it's so much better. Broadway musical just looks more entertaining than the movie ever could. Beetlejuice is a better character in the Broadway musical. They address some of the things that are really awful about the movie, like the pedophilia. Like, they have a whole song about it. Um, I think that Winona's character, who I'm blanking on the actual character's name remember. right now. It does have one of my favorite sequences in a movie of all time, though. There's always that one fucking shining moment in all of these terrible movies where I'm like, well, but that was just so damn good. And it's the dining room scene that oh. doesn't... It the, the Heyo song. That, it doesn't fit 
in the movie at all. It's maybe one of the most unhinged things I've ever seen and yet in a movie. And yet it is so fucking good. It's also one of the most iconic moments of cinema, which is why it still probably drifts into the middle for me here. But like, it's just, like I said, Winona's character is better in the musical. It, the musical just did it better. So for me, it's probably C or D. F. So Instant D it F. is first. So it lives in D. Hey, look, we're evened out. We every A, B, C, and D have two movies each. So we're doing we're doing pretty good. All right, back to Harry Potter. Uh, so this Deathly is Hallows Deathly part Hallows one, part one, and then part two. Part two. Um, I don't like Deathly Hallows part one as much as I like Deathly Hallows part two. I'm gonna say that right off the bat. I do like both the movies better than the books because okay, I know James said not to talk about the books, but just to give a little bit of context for James. 90% of that books is 90% of that book is skippable. Like it's camping. <laughs> like it's you, you do a lot of shit in the woods. There's a lot of there's a lot of shit like, oh, we gotta move to this location. And what you get to do in the movie is you get to speed that up in a montage, like where you can see Ron slowly deteriorate through clips, but you in the book you have to read through all of that extensively. I and think, I, just, eh. I think there are it. It's hard for me because I have almost no memory of this movie until you said camping. And I and then I was like, it flooded back into my brain like, oh, this is the movie where we hung out with the trio and they just got madder and madder and madder at each other for the entire movie because they had to hide and they just in fought the whole time. And I think that the way they went about showing that was probably as good as they could have done. But it's still so non-memorable to me that I don't care for it. So it's got to be in C for me because I think they did as good a job as they could have possibly done. And yet it's still unmemorable. I'm unfortunately also going to agree with that because like you get some memorable scenes in there. But of the Harry Potter movies... Just because you know it's a lead up to this one, and I'm not, I'm not gonna lie and say like, oh, you, they could have done it in one. They definitely couldn't have. You had to break that shit yeah, up. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of, it's a lot. There's a lot there. You have on. to do all that setup to get to the do triumphant win, Deathly Hollows Part Two, and you cannot do that in one movie. You just cannot. Yeah. Like, because it's just like a setup. It's basically a transition movie between Half Blood Prince. Yeah, it kind of is. And Deathly Hollows Part Two, and it's not. There's not a lot that goes on. Like, we do a lot of things, we get a lot of lore, like you find out about the Deathly Hollows. It's, it's just an exposition movie. It's it really two is. two hours and 30 minutes of exposition. So, for me, I, I can agree with that. Easy, easy C. Like, I wouldn't put it up here, because, like, I love these ones, but it, I don't like watching Deathly Hollows Part 1. They went as hard much. as they could, but they couldn't really go all that hard. And here's where we're probably going to have our biggest fight as far as rankings Are go. we? I don't fucking remember Deathly Hollows Part 2. So whatever you say is probably going to be accurate. Cool. So it's going in S. Absolutely not. S tier. Under no circumstances. I have, uh, okay, for me, and I'm going to argue for my S tier ranking, and it's probably going to end up in A or something, but for my S tier ranking, and it's because there's so much that happened culturally for me with this movie that it. it's, it's definitely something you missed out on because it was a phenomenon. Me and my family camped out for three fucking days to go see this movie, midnight premiere movie, and not even like in LA or anywhere that was, or in England. No, just in 
just in Colorado Springs, fucking Colorado, at a Cinemark Theater in IMAX, but we camped out for three days. We slept on the ground because we weren't even allowed to technically put up tents until three days before because they changed all the rules because tragedy happened in Aurora with the Batman premiere. And this followed brief, like very quickly after that. So they had changed all the rules. It was all this stuff. And we had fucking wristbands. Like they came to do checks to make sure people weren't moving in line. Like it was pure cultural insanity. And we, as a whole entire, this was before J.K. Rowling was controversial. This was before Harry Potter was divided on do we support the series that made us and ignore J.K. Rowling and all this stuff. Before all of that, when we were one fucking united family across the whole fucking country watching this one movie at the same time and having this shared experience because of all that and because it was the end of the series and because of everything that this movie is outside of the plot and inside of the plot it has to be an s tier for me because of what it did for a culture i cried openly wept twice during that movie and it was the end of a fucking era little did we know there was going to be fantastic beast movies to follow it but at that point that was the end of harry potter there was no more there was no cursed child there was no fantastic beast there was no hogwarts legacy video game that was it that was it and it was so good and we all as an entire community cheered and cried and bonded over this amazing thing in our lives. So. And then in this movie, all the people show up, half of them die, and then that's the movie. So A. Can I put it in S? Oh, I'd put it in D, so it's going to live in B. It Listen, the way... I'm so mad here's, right Here's now. the problem. Here's the problem. Argue because your case, because I argued my case, because I need it, to hear why you think it's so bad. It's... it's. I don't think it's so bad it deserves a D ranking. However, I think it is so hyped up and so blown up by the community that loves it so much that it its expectation of how good it has to be far superseded what was delivered upon and i'm not what if i were ranking it eliminating all context as just a movie it's a solid c maybe even a b because there's great action sequences. The graphics are the best they've ever been in these movies. The acting is... If you've got adults playing these kids now. And they're doing a fucking great job. They've also had like a lifetime to learn who these yeah, characters are. They, they, they are the embodiment of their characters. And it's all around some of the best production in Harry Potter series. But I feel... So much that the hype, because you just went on this giant speech as I reread the plot. <laughs> you went on this giant speech 
about how united the fandom was and how everyone was crying and sniffling. And it was this whole cultural movement. And that's fine. But I don't think the movie lived up to what you all deserved from it. I think you guys deserved more than it could have possibly delivered because you wanted it to be so much better. And I'm not, it's once again, I'm not saying it's bad, but because the ask was so unintentionally high, I think there's only a couple of moments in the movie that reach high enough to pay off. And there's, they're far and few between. Can we talk about that if this had been in the time of three-hour movie spans, how much better this movie could have been? Absolutely. I don't need a three-hour Batman, although it was excellent. No, 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 no. We did need a three-hour Batman. That was a great movie. I love that. It was so good. I love that movie. But if we could have had a three-hour Deathly Hollows movie, first of all, you probably could have cut that movie out. You also could have made the battle for Hogwarts even more grandiose. True. Like, think about the space that the battle takes place in. You have a brief scene inside. And then you have a scene in the courtyard near the bridge. And you have the bridge. And that is the entire battle of Hogwarts. Hogwarts is a huge school. I've never read the book. So imagine the book doesn't exist. When you hear the words, the battle of Hogwarts, should that not be a monstrously large battle on multiple fronts with multiple engagements, not just one head-to-head clash that ends in 35 fucking seconds. It's depressing. Think about the Lord of the Rings movies you've seen with epic clashes of ginormous proportions, armies marching on each other. They built all this hype in a Dumbledore's army and Voldemort's army. There's supposed to be these monstrous forces clashing against each other, and it looks like some B-tier Fucking Chronicles of Narnia shit. I will say I'm I'm kind of going to lean and agree with you here because now that I'm like thinking back and remembering like the actual Battle of Hogwarts, what we could have done here, because in the it, I will say movie to book it's pretty close because but the problem with that is is because we're following Harry, and it's one of those things of like you have this character you have this story only told from like one character's perspective, but what we could have done with a three hour runtime with more runtime, is we could have done almost like a mocking, or uh, was it mocking? It was mocking Jay. A mocking Jay part one, where we get to see stuff that Harry didn't necessarily get to experience, kind of like we saw the raid on the Capitol right. with Ca- you, uh, when they rescued PETA. You have this opportunity in movies that you don't necessarily get from books where you write from one character's perspective, where you can show stuff that you didn't write. Previously, and once again, having not read the book, it feels like more should have happened. It should have been bigger. It should have been more intense. The final clash between Harry and Voldemort lasts for 30 seconds. They do a little laser battle, and Harry wins through the power of his dead parents. And that's the fucking end. It's not a fitting end. For a bad guy who is supposed to be the baddest motherfucker there was. Oopsie, then we wrote Grindelwald. It's supposed to be the penultimate evil bad guy. 
who has no moral compass, no ethics. He is the embodiment of evil in this movie. And he dies like a bitch in a fight that is so short. It is a monumental disappointment after the buildup of movie after movie after movie where they dance around each other like this intricate boxing match that goes all 12 rounds to end in the first round of the last fight. It's fucking sad. It should have been better, and it wasn't. B. Fuck me, it's an F movie. B. B. We'll say B. All right. We'll say B. What's next? I have to live with that. Oh, oh, wait till I get to Grindelwald and I complain about how much better of a villain he is. Cinderella from Amazon. Okay, this is what we were listening to right before we, we went live. Here we fucking go, kids. Which is how I fucked up us going live. Um, uh, Cinderella. Okay, I'm no, 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 no. Let me talk. Let me talk about this movie because I have a lot of mixed feelings about this the movie. Amazon Cinderella. The Amazon Cinderella. I have some weird love connection with this movie that I cannot explain. I acknowledge that it is not a good movie. It's kind of terrible, actually. I acknowledge that on most fronts, it's 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 a bad movie. And yet I fucking I've seen it. I think I've seen it now like 10 plus times. I've watched it repeatedly. It might be one of the most star studded, abysmal movies I've ever seen. And I love it. Like, it's just such trash. It's one of those movies. It's, it's, it's a like, mind trash movie. It's it's just so good. They're happy. Dina Menzel's in it. Like I can't. It's just it's just a good movie. Like it is. It's completely like. I think she's better in this movie than in Rent. I'm not gonna touch that because we haven't watched Rent on this podcast. But you are fucking wrong ten times to Sunday. All right. She's barely even in Rent. She's just the object of Rent. I can feel my blood pressure. <laughs> we need to not talk about Rent. We need to not talk about rent. Um, cool. Okay, we're not talking about that. I'm literally like sweating from that. Um, okay. I am dripping. <laughs> Cinderella. Easy. We can. It's probably got to go in D. It's right? got to be in D. It's got to be. It's fucking it's bad. It's so bad. It's fucking bad, man. This movie sucks. Cinder. The Amazon Cinderella. It's a waste of Camilla Cabello. It's a waste of Adina Menzel. It's a waste of Billy Porter, of all people. It is an extreme waste of Billy Porter, because if I tell you that he is one of my favorite renditions of a fairy godmother ever, and if I could just put him in a different movie. <laughs> it, it's it's such a shame. It is a waste of Camila Cabela's music. They did it not is, write her well. No, it's, it's such a cash grab from Amazon it's another giant shame. It is a cash like, grab, because you want to know how it's a cash grab? James Corden's in it. <laughs> oh my god, how many movies have we watched for this podcast with James Corden in it? Is it two? It's only two, because I've two? seen most of the James Corden movies. Okay. We've, we've seen most of the James That's Corden true. movies. So. Um, yeah, Cinderella is absolute... It's If you love it, you love it. If you don't, you're like everybody else. Um... Yeah, it lives in D. It's not so obscene to me that it needs to be an F because it's just like... It's like they tried 
with like two people to make it good, but they tried it with two people and not with like a host of people like they probably should have done. So it lives in D. I'm realizing right now that we might have to change up our plan. I don't think we can do the second tier I list. I don't think we can do the second tier list. So we are actually going to uh, take a brief break. It won't affect the podcast episode at all. But We're just going to pause the recording and then start it again. Yeah, but we do need to take a break. I need more wine. Um, I need another beer. So we will be right back. And so, we're back from our break that... That was very fast. We took. <laughs> um, so, okay. Next that we've watched Kay. after Cinderella. Yes. Sahara. The first time I ever won a vote in in the channel's history. Sahara. In case you've never seen it, because it's kind of like, it's a B-tier action movie, but it's... In case you've never seen it, go listen to our podcast episode. Yeah, go listen to the podcast episode. It's, it's a pretty good rundown of it. Um... It's a Matthew McConaughey, uh, I believe, Penelope Cruz movie. Um, and America hates Matthew McConaughey with a deep passion, which I think is silly. But it's it's one of my favorite all-time action movies. And not it's not even that good in terms of action. It's just... Honestly, you know what? Honestly... The the best part of Sahara is Steve Zahn True. As, as the buddy. True. Because McConaughey just plays cool guy McConaughey, and Penelope Cruz just plays kind of smart doctor. And the best part of the whole movie is every time Steve Zahn is on camera, he's just so good. He is one of the greatest buddy cop type of character actors ever. He's so good in that role. And I just, there's so many memorable parts about it that are just related directly to Steve Zahn. And I personally, I hold it in S tier as for my own personal regards. Objectively, I have to put it in A tier because Steve Zahn carries the whole damn thing. Are you good? Are you yeah, good? go ahead. Okay. This was the first episode of the podcast that was... Go. Ah. That was directly directed at me. Because most of these movies up until this point... It's been movies James hasn't seen. Uh, other than Sonic, which we both hadn't seen. So this is the first one that was directed from the chat. The vote was directed at me. Because I hadn't seen this movie and they wanted, they definitely wanted to hear me bitch about Matthew McConaughey because that's an <laughs> ongoing thread on this channel is how much I dislike Matthew McConaughey as a person. I think he's great. Like, it's don't not go, even. It's not even that his acting is bad. It's well, that you just don't like his voice. It literally comes down to that, and I don't think he's that attractive. Like I don't like looking at him either. I think as a person, he's super nice. I think he's done a lot of great things for Austin and for the arts community in a whole. He's maybe one of the coolest dudes to ever exist. I don't like him. I don't like to look at him and I don't like to hear him. That is such a shame. Such um, a shame. I know I am in the severe minority. I will agree with James, though. I love Steve Zahn, Steve Zahn as a character, as an actor and as a character in this movie. He's just so good. Um, This is, pr but I would never watch this movie again. Also, Rain Wilson is in it, by the way. Like, 
I also don't remember much from that movie. Like, it just didn't stand... Like, it was definitely one of those movies that I was like, yeah, that was a good movie. It's an adventure movie. It's kind of like... It's it's kind of like a discount Indiana Jones. Except his buddy is so much better <laughs> in these movies. It's gonna end up in B, because you want to put it up here, and yeah. I want to put it down here, so it's gonna end up in B. That's fine. But, I have a feeling B is going to occupy a lot of movies. Um, but yeah, no, it just, it, it, it didn't stand out for me. Um, it, I had a hard time repeating the plot right after I watched it. If you watch that podcast episode, it's probably one of my least favorite ones we've ever recorded. Since we're not going to get to do the podcast episode tier list, I will say that's one of the least favorite ones we've ever recorded because it was my first one leading and I don't think I did a good job. I would like to re-record the Sahara episodes just because I think we've grown as podcasting people. Mm -hmm. And I think we are better now than we were when we first did it. And it, I'm not going to say it warrants watching over again to re-record, but there are some of these episodes that I would like to go back and just redo. I'd like to redo the first Harry Potter one. Probably, yeah. I think we were long-winded on it. I... We, I, I... The amount I fangirl gushed over the first Harry Potter movie <laughs> discuss even myself. I, I mean, just... I probably gushed a bunch about Sahara because it's just so fun for me. It, 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 while you've watched Cinderella over 10 times, I've seen Sahara probably 50 times. I have spent a lot of my life, more than I should have, watching Sahara, and I do not regret a single time. Okay, so here is in B. Next up is a really good movie. And the first instance of me saying something about plot that is true. I know what it is. And was proven true. We're talking about A Knight's Tale. One of the best podcast episodes that we have released. Absolute facts. If you want to go back in time and relive a personal victory for me over not only chat, but the person who is mostly right all the time. And who loves this fucking movie. <laughs> like, I've seen I it point, so many times. I pointed out a plot point. And I was told to my face I was wrong it, for about 15 minutes. By not just me. Chat was with me. Like, we were arguing, all of us collectively, at James. In the episode, we pull up the movie and try to find the scene. We can't find the scene. We pull up the plot on Wikipedia to get a more like community consensus on what the plot actually is in the movie. And it's stated sentence by sentence that what I observed was in fact the correct plot point. And it blew your freaking mind. And I shouted so fucking loud. There was a lot of yelling. That's a very... It, it's, it's, it's a... Not headphone using... Not movie. headphone friendly. <laughs> like, it's it was rough. Night's Tale as a movie, solid A. It's, it's it, not my favorite movie I've ever seen, but all the performances are bang up. The story is good. You got Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger's oh, in it. Such Alan a Tudyk is in it. Alan Tudyk's phenomenal. It, everyone stepped up in that movie. It's good. The effects are good. It changed it's, the, like renaissance fair culture as a whole because this is yeah. when like joust started using we will rock you as uh as oh a what is what is that type of movie i was just researching it a little bit where a movie is like a time piece it's a it's a period 
piece movie. But it has like and it modern. uses modern songs. You talked I about it I in the episode. I can't remember what the fucking specific term is for that kind of movie. I love those kinds of movies where you can do a period piece but have modern songs and it doesn't feel wrong. It's great. A easy. Easy A. At, at, see, I'm wondering if we could even argue just for our tier list, maybe not in movies of our life in general, but just mm-hmm. for this podcast of putting in an S because neither of us has said anything bad about this movie. It's, I mean, for the podcast, this it's probably an S tier movie. Yeah. It, I think it. I think it's the first S tier movie is A Night's Tale. And it's also like other, the only eat, reason those episodes. shit, Harry Potter. <laughs> the only reason those episodes are so long is because we got into arguments, but I don't think we had they're a not, lot of. They're not long. They're 47 minutes max. They're the it, it in the first episode we were talking about even ending it early, but if yeah. and we would have if we hadn't gotten into a solid argument that lasted for fifteen minutes. But so yeah, no, definitely S tier. It's an S tier movie. It's right. so good. Easy peasy. Next movie. Uh, anachronistic is the term you were looking anachronistic? for. Anachronistic. Yeah. Fucking love those movies. Fucking love them. They're so good. Next movie, The Mask, our first uh, Jim Carrey movie. No Sonic, bro. Oh fucking, that's right. He was in Sonic. We did do uh, a little bit of a Jim Carrey stint, though. I know what you're talking about because we did yeah. Bruce Almighty and stuff. Because there were some these there were some Jim Carrey movies, which are all time classics that James hadn't seen, like The Mask and Bruce Almighty. So yeah. we so we did do The Mask back in ye old 2022, um, and it's just good. Yeah, it's good. I I wouldn't say it's even my favorite Jim Carrey movie. Like I wouldn't put it in like A or B or a, S or A, but it's definitely like a B movie. For I me. think it's a dumb fun movie, and I would put it in A. So I guess we'll round down and put it in B. It's a good movie, but it's not my favorite Jim Carrey movie. Like I would put Bruce Almighty above the mask. Yeah, but you don't get smoking without. Also, the mask. for the time period, can we talk about like the animation and the CGI and? Yeah, every- it was really good. I think actually, no, I'll agree with you. I'll put it into A just because if we're talking about like quality of like CGI and stuff for the era that it came out in, it's a really good it's film. Good. It's a good movie. The writing's good. It's funny. It's it's good movie. The jokes aren't even like corny. You They're also get like funny. You also get like top tier Jim Carrey. Like it's it's so Someday we should do another tier list where we just do Jim Carrey movies. Uh, because they're all going to sit in S and A tier, except for like maybe one or two that live down in C. I could drop Liar Liar into like B maybe. I'd slot Liar Liar into A because Stop Breaking the Law, asshole, is one of my favorite things I've ever seen <laughs> in a movie. He just holds the phone out a foot and a half from his face and is screeching. It's, listen, I'm a simple man. Loud is funny. And that is so fucking funny. It's not a good joke. It's just well executed. Oops, I didn't turn this on. Oh there my go. god, you're a silly goose. There you go. It's fine. Okay, I forgot to show the... the. It's fine. You're fired from being in charge of that. I, I've messed up like five times on the stream side Uncharacteristic today. for you, but it's that's okay. It's real weird. All right, after the mask, we dive back into the wizarding world and my own personal hell. It's not a good time. The Fantastic Beasts, other until we get to the crab dance, the Fantastic Beasts movies are just not a good time on this channel. <laughs> it's where is the first one? The first Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find the Movie, I think, should have done so much better than it did. Okay, I I I cannot. Is it this? Yep. Thank you. Okay, I found it. 
There was so much potential for bringing the wizarding world to America, where the majority of the Harry Potter fans live. There was so much potential to do the wizarding world in a new location with new characters, American wizards, and some dope shit, okay? There was an endless fountain of possibility. And they fucked up when they let J.K. Rowling write it. They fucked it up as hard as they could fuck anything up. They just squandered the first opportunity they had to really deliver on fan service to Americans, okay? They let an English person write the shit. This is also where we get the start of the J.K. Rowling controversy because she uses all the Native American. Yeah. Um, oh, I stood up. The Native American mythology. I, I don't even like calling it mythology, but like the Native American the lore, the fucking folklore. Yeah, they, writing off folklore as like when those are like character traits that you can bring because the way that the Hogwarts classes and shit broke down was into certain character traits. You get sorted that way. And yeah, it's not a great system. We shouldn't separate people like that. But that's the way they did it. And we all said, okay, we know it's not great, but that's fine. But those, like, the creatures that she used are, like, ones that are very important to Native American culture. And to just write them off as magical creatures. It's, like, I can't, I can't say I expected better because she already just sucked. She was bad to begin with, and she was handed a monstrous lexicon of interesting and unique beliefs and folklore that have existed for centuries. Centuries! And she condensed it into this fucked up little handbook that wrote off millions of humans' belief systems. And it's disrespectful at such an astronomical level. And then they had the audacity to write such an unlikable character that it made Dolores Umbridge look like a saint. Fuck! And there's Tina. Um, what a miserable bitch! Oh! She's so abusive and mean! She doesn't do anything to deserve an ounce of interest from Newt. Holy shit! What an awful character! She's just mean! It's like you took the stereotype of New York from the fucking 20s and made that the character! She's just mean! Every time Newt wants to succeed or do something or be nice, she responds just in the bitchiest way she possibly can! How can you possibly write a character that callous? That insincere and fucking unforgiving. She's wholly unrelatable. What an awful, awful write-off of just an American stereotype. The audacity to think that you would get a fucking good review for having such a shit fucking character. Holy shit. You done?
I'll come back in the next one. All right. Um. She's worse in the second one. I like all the magical creatures. I also love Eddie Redmayne. I know chat was mentioning that. Um, Jacob is maybe the best character in the Jacob Wizarding and world. Queenie? Jacob and Queenie are some of the best characters. Jacob Kowalski is everyone's precious boy, okay? He should be protected at all costs. Um, He's a magnificent character. Because of those two and the performance of Eddie Redmayne doing an excellent job of not only portraying um, Newt Scamander, but also doing one of the best performances I've ever seen of uh, neurodivergency in a film. Yeah. Like, I would put it in F, and I do. I don't like the Fantastic series, but it's going to go in D. It's such a shame because it's so goddamn star-studded. And there's some really, really magnificent moments with Kowalski. Every time he's on screen, he's a joy. Because it's it's taking the concept of someone who doesn't know that the Wizarding World exists and being dragged into it. And he reacts exactly like a normal human being would if they got dragged into the Wizarding World. They would lose their mind and just be in shock and awe the whole time. And he does. He carries the movie. He carries the series. He is one of the funniest fucking characters in the Wizarding World. And the movie gets a redemption from F into D solely on the back of Jacob Kowalski. What's next? Did we go straight to... Oh, we did not go straight no. to Crimes of Grindelwald. Next, we go to all of the Hangover movies. <laughs> Throw those all straight into the bottom. Um, They're not great. Hangover. <laughs> I also have a new personal dislike for the Hangover movies because of all the posters I had to grab for this. Uh, Just for this episode. For this episode tonight <laughs> to put into this freaking thing. Um, the Hangovers had the most like. Uh, I had the most issues getting these posters because of how many like had watermarks and shit on them. Um, and we're in, it was it was a bad time. All but right. Hangover, Hangover Part, part One. one. The Hangover Part 1 is a comedy movie that I think is just, it exists in the same realm as like The Wolf of Wall Street, where the writer's room just did a shitload of cocaine and wrote the whole movie. It's a bunch of extremely talented comedians making a dog shit movie. I will say, I like... The other two, not so much, but I really do kind of enjoy the concept of the hangover part It's one. a brilliant concept. It's executed with the grace and balance of a rhinoceros in a china shop. It's so fucking bad. The jokes age like milk. The jokes it's sexist. Well. It's racist. It's an introduction of, uh, what's the, what's his, what's the, uh, the character. Alan? No, 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 no. That's not Zach Galifianakis. Um, fuck, I can't remember. Are you talking the about Bradley name. Cooper? No, 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 no. He's the he's Stu? The, the drug guy. Oh, uh, Ken Jong. Yeah, Ken Jong. Fucking love Ken Jong. This movie is him getting to do dumb shit. That's the whole movie for Ken Jong. And while I love Ken Jong so much, he's such a smart person. This is such a shitty fucking movie. <laughs> And it's it's not for lack of trying because all the actors do their goddamn best. But it's so bad. The jokes age like milk. It's a shame that they dragged poor Ed Harris, Zach Galifianakis. I saw way too much Zach Galifianakis penis in this movie, okay? You see his whole dick. His whole entire penis is out. And that is not cool. I did not need that in my life. I'm I don't need nudity from anybody in any movies, but I certainly don't need Zach Galifianakis nudity. 
I'm going to argue a C tier just for the first one because I it did start a cultural trend. That I was going to I was like I'm going to do I god I should have been a cultural media major but um done a lot of different things but you ended up here. I should have listened to other people telling me things. <laughs> um but yeah, it started it a, a cultural revolution this movie and that's why it has two other follow-ups that like everyone had that fucking shirt with the baby on it, yep. those glasses like yep. every and then the it's I think it's following is not nearly as hardcore as the Harry Potter following, but I think it made as big of a cultural impact as the Harry Potter movies, and that's not necessarily a good thing. Yeah, it and <laughs> it, it is so big and it's not good. It 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 was a in the concept was so novel and new. And Such it an is, interesting way to make a movie plot happen. It was a breath of fresh air, honestly. Like no one had done something like that before. Like where you, and, and pe- I think people you have Benjamin tried. Button the plot back. Like you yeah. have to work from like the end backwards. I think people have tried to do similar ideas with storytelling, and I don't think anything comes to mind that has been remotely as successful as The Hangover. But that's because The Hangover did it first. Like yeah, you're right. People have done like those. Okay, this is how we got here. Movies, but like. Hangover was one of the first ones that, A, I don't know if it was the first one that ever thought of, like, like that concept, but it was one of the ones that did it the best. It did it the best. Con- Story-wise, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I don't even think the story is all that bad. But I think it's the little things. It's the writing, it's some of the, the jokes. Some of the jokes are really bad. Stu's wife is a monster. If we're going to talk Tina about Goldstein, men can be abused, too. A Tina Goldstein-level monster. Uh... She might be worse than Tina. Like she's actually if, abusive. If we got if we got to see more of her, she probably would be. But she's so out of the picture for the majority of the movies that you forget she exists. But she's also like legitimately abusive. Yeah, Tina's she's just a, a bitch. bitch. Tina's a bitch. But like she's actually but legitimately abusive. In, in terms of character, she's probably worse than Tina. But we see way more of Tina. Um. Okay. Part, part two. Part one C. Part two straight to D. And then part three can probably go. Part to three F. can go to F. Part three. Never should have existed. It's not good. It's two at least did some new and different things. Was two in Bangkok? Yeah. Was two the Bangkok yeah. one? Yeah. And then three, they went back to fucking Vegas? Yeah. Yeah. Three never should have fucking existed. Three's the one where they have to like go catch. Yeah, they're Ken's like character. chasing down Ken Jong's character. Because they're like the reason he's like at large or something. They accidentally. Alan. Yeah. No, Alan fucking gets Alan him out ac- of prison. Yeah, Alan got him out of prison. It's. The Hangover Part 3, we, I mean, we can just gloss over Part 2. It, they went to Bangkok. They did a couple things different. It's it was the, the same, same movie. It's the same movie. It's all the worst things about Hangover Part 1, a little extra. There was a little bit of a lawsuit because they didn't get permission to use the Mike Tyson tattoo. Oops. There was a little, there was some flaws with Part 2, but I did like, I, I, I did like Part 2. I actually saw Part 2 before I saw Part 1. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay, similar story. I saw Anchorman 2 before I saw Anchorman 1. And so, honestly, like, it, it that one holds a special place in my heart because I experienced that one first. So I can't put it in F. Um, but Part 3 just shouldn't... It shouldn't have happened. Part 3 should have never happened. It's just bad. There's not... I can't think of a single redeeming thing about it. There's also, like, I feel like Part 2 was kind of like... Ah, hey, yeah, this group of guys together again. But part three was like, okay, we're dragging it out, and there's not a real reason for these guys to be together. They're, the reason for the start of this movie was because they were taking Alan to fucking, like... Rehab or something. A mental institution. And 
I mean, okay. We're saying this now that we're we're putting part three in F tier. But if you go back and look at the episodes we released for the Hangover Part Three, my first description of the Hangover Part Three says, "You really, really won't believe what we think of this." Like honestly, it's special. Did we say good things about this movie when we made the episode? Because I don't remember. I, we can't have. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to, after, sometime this week, I'm going to re-listen to our Hangover Part 3 episodes just to redetermine whether or not I hated it or loved it. I think we probably said nicer things about it than people thought we were going to. I don't know. I don't remember it enough. It's also not a memorable movie. I had to really think about what the plot of it was. All right, so what comes after... Crimes of Grindelwald. Oh, the last that one with Johnny Depp. That, one, that was... one is tricky. Crimes of Grindelwald is probably the peak of the series. Mm-hmm. And it, it is such... Is Crab Dance in Crimes of Grindelwald? No. It's in the last one? It's in the last one. Damn. It... Are you sure... Yeah, because Newt doesn't have to go to prison in this one because he's chasing down the kid who nukes the city on accident. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of problematic actors. There's a lot of problematic actors in this movie. Johnny Johnny Depp Depp was fine. Johnny Depp withstanding. He's fine. No, uh, I, no, like, but I'm saying, like, if you like, look at the cast. Johnny Depp's had court stuff. Uh, fucking what's his face? The, the Flash, yeah. Ezra. Ezra, Ezra Miller. Miller has had a lot of fucking shit. He probably should. And just they go still released the Flash movie, which yeah. is a questionable decision to the destruction of it. Crime, crimes of Grindelwald Part Two. The Crimes of Grindelwald, I think, is trying to do too much stuff. I think they're trying to have another Fantastic Beasts movie at the same time that they build up a much more intensely and specifically evil villain than Voldemort ever was. Grindelwald is just worse. He is a better written, more evil, more despicable, more complex more interesting villain than Voldemort ever was. Can we talk about that these movies, and I just saw chat, which is, I was thinking it too. If we hadn't done the Fantastic Beast movie, cool, let it be what it is, mm-hmm. but not called the entire series the Fantastic Beast series, and did more of like a Grindelwald Dumbledore love affair story, which yeah, is make, what it is. Make Newt Scamander a side character for in the this rest movie. of yeah. Get, commit because to the bit. Like you want to tell the Grindelwald Dumbledore story, fucking do it because it's, it's it's such an interesting plot. Their whole connection and story together is a wonderful story. It's also a perfect retelling of the age old fantasy story of wizards who cannot help themselves but to seek more power and falling from heights because they cannot stop seeking more power. It's the it's the pinnacle flaw of all wizard characters. Outside of the wizarding world, inching into D&D, 
and every other instance where a wizard exists, the Jedi, everything. The pinnacle flaw is wizards cannot stop lusting for power. And this plot between Grindelwald and Dumbledore is maybe one of the greatest plot lines to incorporate that into it. And they fumbled the fucking bag. It... They did a lot of things wrong, which happens more in The Secrets of Dumbledore. <laughs> yeah, they did. Um, but I think if they had just committed to the bit and told the actual story of Grindelwald and Dumbledore, it would have done better. Probably. It's kind of like... It's another movie where Jacob Kowalski carries the whole movie and you had Johnny Depp in it. It's also like... um. It's one of those things that's happening in Harry Potter culture currently where they said they're going to remake the entire series into a TV show, which, you know... Christ, can we just not? No one asked for that. Can we and just Can we just not? No one asked for I it. would like to per petition to just not. Instead of I'm doing... I'm all done. I'm all done with Wizarding World. Instead of doing things that would do, like, progressively better, like getting a Marauders movie where we get to see, like, young Sirius, young James Potter, young Lupin, like, doing that... Seeing them all become Animaguses. Like, there's lots of really cool Harry Potter plot lines that have not been explored that we could do more shit with that the audience would like to see. I mean, shit, we just got the Hogwarts Legacy game, right? And that incorporated a whole new thing with the Merlin trials. You learn more about Merlin. You learn shit ancient about, like, magic. ancient magic, which is not a fucking thing that we've heard about before. You can... You can do it. source material to make infinite shit in the wizarding world and we're gonna trip over our fucking shoelaces to try to rewrite our fucking mistakes god damn corporations need to fuck off from art you it's could do so awful in line with the hogwarts legacy uh video game you could do a founders movie about like yes! fucking salazar slytherin godrick griffin or like you could do let's watch the og hogwarts quartet Figure their shit out. And watch, like, Salazar Slytherin, like, dissolve from the group. Like, that'd be awesome to look at and watch, and it'd be so cool. Now we're going to remake the entire fucking series that everyone already loves and has deep emotional connections and bonds with. So. So Crimes of Grindelwald goes in D. Yeah, and then. Which is such a shame. It could have been it is, something It really is good. the ultimate waste of Johnny Depp. It is. And then they really decided to And then they him. fucked themselves to death. But we don't go there next. No, we don't go there next. I we want to. We go to Suicide Squad. Good movie. Good movie. You know what? I think great movie. I think this, the Suicide Squad. Not Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad, Squad was a... Movie that I liked personally, but I acknowledge it is not a good movie. It kind of goes in like the Cinderella It is a trash <laughs> entertainment movie for the Suicide Squad is a great movie. It is a it is what Suicide Squad should have been from the get-go. It is so fun and weird and dumb, just like the Suicide Squad comics are. They're fun, they're weird, they're dumb, and they introduce characters that are that don't have solid backstories that are insane and are just like they're there and then they're gone. And there's a shitload of stars in it. And they all die immediately. It's they, fucking great. They also kept a lot of, like, they really did improve upon... They took the formula and just The first great. Suicide Squad. Like, they kept things that people really love. Because everyone right now is loving Margot Robbie as she Harley Quinn. She has to be Harley Quinn. She and is so good. We kept the uh, 
colonel. We kept the cur- the the colonel. Yeah, yeah I so can't. Lieutenant colonel. Him. I don't remember. He we kept him. He's great. He's magnificent an actor. Yeah, love He's him. doing a great job. We added. We kept our penultimate villain, who is not the villain but is the villain, Amanda, Amanda Waller. Also. Hi, that goes in like the Dolores Umbridge and Joffrey tier of like people who have done an excellent job. Just tremendous job at making such an incorrigible character. Because there are- What a fucking bitch. Ooh, it's so good. There are a few characters in this world that I would like to literally watch their demise in slow motion. Dolores Umbridge is one of them. I like Joffrey. Um, so I can't put him in there, but the other one is, and I hate her, and every time she's on screen, and she- Amanda fucking Waller. I hate Amanda Waller. I hate her in the comics. I hate her in the DC universe. I hate her for a lot of fucking reasons, and the performance of it makes me hate her more, which means it's an excellent She did so good. The the Suicide Squad, I want to put it in S, but I don't think it's that good. I it's think probably it's gotta just go to really a. good. It's gotta be A. Yeah, it's I wouldn't put it. it up here with Night's Coast, because we had things to say. We yeah, had, we, we, had, had, we had problems. I mean, the second episode is an hour and 21 minutes. Yeah, it it's was... It's a long-winded episode. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't, like, it was definitely not Night's Tale, but it was good. Is is it Cars? No! What is it? Flintstones! Flintstones. Meet the Flintstones. Oh, boy, did we watch some bad movies. There was a time in City Wave Cinema, and it's going into this era, that was literally <laughs> the epitome of the worst movies we've ever watched for this channel. Flintstones was not as bad as... It wasn't as bad as the next one. But it wasn't like the... Like, look at all these quality movies. Like, we got Knight's Tale, we got The Mask, we got Harry Potter, and then there's the Flintstones. The Flintstones, starring... A star-studded fucking cast. It was a great cast. John Goodman, Rick Moranis, Rosie O'Donnell, Halle Berry, Elizabeth Perkins, Elizabeth Taylor. There's so many really good actors in this movie. And Harvey K- Corman. There's K- so many good actors. And it sucks, donkey dicks. It's, but can we talk about, like, actually, though, like, if we're talking about people that have, uh acted as like cartoon characters that cast was like perfect like they did a really good representation of a live action what you think the flintstones would look and function like the set dressing was cheap enough that it looked cartoon like it was a cheap set and there were cheap props but it kind of fed into the feel of like the flintstones like it is like a uh hanna-barbera cartoon and it I, it kind of just hit all the right notes for me. Like, it's just a really good feel-good movie. I'd probably put it in C. I'd put it in F. It's Really? Well, no. You're going to put, put it, it oh, put with it, a hang I'd put it in D. I'd put it in D. Because it's just... Yeah, the cast, the set, that's all really great. They even act really well. The story it's really bad. is so bad. It's just bad. It also kind of destroys like one of your favorite characters, like one a long face standing like family yeah, man like Fred Flintstone is. It is the deconstruction of the Flintstones characters, but while they're being the Flintstones characters. Okay, I can so put it there because of that. It's like you can only get so far in casting as well as you did. And building the, like, cartoony sets as well as you did. But Jesus Christ, the Flintstones 2. Which is not the Flintstones 2. To let podcasts know, we did settle on D for the Flintstones. Yes, D 
for the Flintstones. Flintstones Next up is Diva Rock Vegas. Is there a tier lower? Because I would watch The Hangover Part 3 again. <laughs> Viva Rock Vegas is so goddamn bad. They brought the alien in, which is such a tough plotline already from the cartoon. And it, they brought him in, and I can't think of his name right now, which is depressing as a 90s kid, but I've had a lot of wine. We've also talked about a lot of things. But, like, they bring the alien in, which is one of the weirdest plot lines in the Flintstones lore as it is. They change uh, cast members because this, it's a prequel. It's a prequel to the Flintstones because this is like the meet cute for Fred and Wilma and Barney and Betty and all that jazz. But it was filmed after, after. and it's jarring because they don't have any of the same actors and they got more money for this one because the first one did so well. The, it, it, the quality is noticeably different. It's just, it's bad. It's all bad. And they ripped off the plot from the Titanic. Yeah, it's front to back one of the worst movies I have ever had the unfortunate pleasure to watch. It's not a movie I would watch on purpose. Again, it is not a movie I would have watched to begin with. It is, the cast is bad. The acting's bad. The direction is trash. The sets are mediocre. And all in all, it's just... If the Flintstones is in D, then the Viva Rock Vegas should be buried six feet under F. It is so bad, but the, it, lives in, it lives in F because that's the worst tier. The Hangover Part 3 is better than Viva Rock Vegas. By a... By a significant margin. By a lot. There's the acting was also bad in this it one. It wasn't like, everything, everything was, was bad. bad. There's not a redeeming quality about the Flintstones Viva Rock Vegas. There's just not. I can make some arguments for like Hangover to Part 3, but I cannot I cannot make a solid argument again and they ripped off the entire plot from the Titanic. Carry on. What's the next movie? Secrets of Dumbledore. <laughs> F. Se Secrets of Dumbledore. No, no, no. It gets to be in C for me because Tina's not in it until the very <laughs> It has it's, to go in F because they fucking fucked over Johnny Depp and ruined the entire... That movie would have done so much better because the chemistry between Jude Law and, and Johnny, Johnny Depp, Depp as Grindelwald so and Dumbledore in this movie would have been phenomenal. And they decided to fucking not wait a goddamn second to see how this court case played out and threw Johnny Depp out of that fucking movie. <sighs> okay, I'll, okay I'll, I'll say D. I'll say D because it also gives me the crab dance, and I could watch that on repeat. True facts. For the True rest facts. of my it life. Has, it has one of the funniest moments in a single Wizarding World movie. It and might be one of my top tier, like, even out of some of the Harry Potters. Like, it's one of my top tier Wizarding World movies. It's also, it's also the penultimate sequence of events uh, with Kowalski and Queenie, uh, which is a really lovely little side plot. Um, the main plot of this movie is uh, actual trash. The plot itself. It doesn't matter. Here's, here's, here's my gripe with this movie. Because it might be one of the best written Wizarding World movies ever. Here's the problem with it. Because the studio bent and kicked Johnny Depp off the cast, they had to swing hard to bring somebody in to get people to go to the movie. So they went and got Mads Mikkelsen. Mads Mikkelsen is a phenomenal actor. He is a great villain. He is menacing. He has powerful delivery. He is a 
great actor. If they had got Mads Mikkelsen from the jump, I think it could have been one of the best movies to come out of the Wizarding World in a minute. I also think that if they had kept Johnny Depp, it could have very well done the same, same thing. Same thing. They really tried hard to rectify a lot of the problems that the previous movies had. They had good dialogue. They had less plot holes. They didn't have no plot holes, but they had less plot holes. They had a really interesting side plot with Queenie and Kowalski. They had Newt Scamander doing fun little Newt Scamander shit that he should have been doing from the get-go. They did he, They moved best. him to a definite side character. Yes, this one. they moved him to a side character. And they did a lot of things right with this movie that should have made it better. But they fucked it by not starting with Mads Mikkelsen or keeping Johnny Depp. You had to do that because you chose, you chose to make that plot line with Dumbledore and Grindelwald the main storyline. So you chose to take your lead, throw him to the wolves, get a new guy, and let him get shit on by the public for filling a role he was never supposed to have, but has it anyways. And Matt Mickelson acts his ass off. He does his best. But he never had the time to develop the chemistry with Jude Law. He never had the movies prior to build up the character for himself. He got fucked in this movie, and it's not his fault. This movie is bad for a lot of reasons. It is not his fault. Go. Can we also talk about one of the stupidest plot lines to ever come out of the Wizarding World of Credence? <laughs> Being yeah, a, a fucking Dumbledore? What a terrible, terrible pivot to making one of the most intense potential bad guys a surprise good guy. That sucked balls. Making, making, yeah, it's gotta be F, and I hate that. I, I'm gonna argue D Kay. for all the things that we did say about it, like the crab dance. Like, it's gotta the, go to D just for yeah. the crab dance, honestly. The crab dance should can start the Can you do it for C. me? Can oh, you please? God. All right. Let, James, okay. only James can do it, because I cannot. It's all in the hips, baby. It's all in the hips. That is a line from the movie. So, that is a line from the movie. So, you gotta, like, you gotta, like, get down a little bit, because you gotta be in a little bit of a squat, right? And you gotta, your arms gotta come out here like you got little crab hands, okay? And you gotta like, you gotta swivel the hips as you sort of shimmy along. And you, you just sort of, you gotta, cause they're doing it on the ledge. So it's all, it's all like almost sexual and it's weird and you don't like that. But at the same time, watching Eddie Redmayne do that. After all the very serious roles Eddie Redmayne has been in, it's one of the fucking funniest things I've ever seen. We rewatched the moment when we did the episode like a couple times. It's it's a movie you should watch. It is not a movie you should put a lot of weight into because it's just it's the corporate world tripping over their shoelaces with a good idea. All right. Sorry, I really needed the crab dance. I know we don't really have time for the crab dance. I don't give a shit. We got time. We're going to make it a long episode anyway. Yeah, the next All two right. are going to be like this. Uh, Next up, another McConaughey treasure, The Gentleman. Okay, this is going to be probably our most divisive one because I want to put this in F because you could put a gun to my head right fucking now. And I knew this because I started looking back this week in preparation for this episode at all our stuff and listening to things. 
gun to my head right fucking now. I could not tell you a single thing that happened in The Gentleman. I don't know the plot. I don't know what it is. I have to stop you because canonically, what you're saying now is the opposite of what you said in the episode. All right, show me the fucking the receipts. Descriptions, the descriptions of the episodes are as follows. The Gentleman Part 1. This is one of my favorite new movies, which I wrote. And you know what? America didn't even hate it. So that's a huge win in my book. So C. I don't know what happened during this fucking movie. And The Gentleman Part 2. For once, it's a Matthew McConaughey movie that America doesn't hate entirely. And the soundtrack is banging. Okay, so C. And frankly, how can we be disappointed in it? That's right, we can't be disappointed in it. It's fantastic. I cannot let it go above Sahara, so it has to go in C. Oh, it's it's the same level as Sahara. It's an A-tier movie. No. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, this is one of the most star... It's another Colin Farrell movie, which we watched right after uh, Colin Farrell movies. Um, it's McConaughey at his finest as a cool drug guy, which is just mcconaughey in real life um it's colin farrell being excellent it's a lot of it's like a modern gangster movie is what it is it's just a modern gangster movie i might actually have to watch this movie again because i don't remember the plot is mcconaughey is the weed kingpin of england and he and his wife runs this auto body shop that is a little shady and there's a bunch of criminal people that are trying to either buy his business from him or take it in a hostile fashion. And you just watch this sort of swirling plot unfold. Hugh Grant's in it and he's cringy and awesome. Uh, and it's there's plot twists and lots of players die off I in can, wild ways. So like the the only thing I'm really like remembering from this movie, and I, I did move it up into B, just in case you're keeping track at home and not watching us right now. The gentleman gets a B. Um, I just remember the fucking whiskey glass. The whiskey glass? Or, like, the little glass of alcohol that he has in the bar, like, the beginning and the end of the... I thought he had a, I thought he had a pint and blood splatters. I thought it was just a whiskey glass. I Either way, it's, it's one of... Who directed it? Hold on. It's one of my favorite directors. It's such a good movie and like i knew it wasn't gonna do well with you oh shit gentlemen i'm sorry i'm sorry uh it is guy ritchie there we i go. love me a guy ritchie movie they're all gangster movies can i move can i make an argument to move sahara down to c then because i'll allow it i'll allow it i just can't have two matthew mcconaughey on principle I cannot have two Matthew McConaughey movies in B. No, because Sahara, I like Steve Zahn. Fine, they're it's, both in B. They're both in B. I mean, there's just so many good things about... We will be sharing this uh, yeah. tier oh, list yeah. on social It'll go social on socials. Media. Um, okay, After the Gentleman is a movie I didn't think you would like, but you liked a lot, The Accountant. I fucking love that movie. That's a great movie. That can go in A for me. I love, I love it a lot. I'd put it in S. So A, I cannot yeah. put it in this. It right. does not go up there with Night's Tale. I had too many problems with it. The accountant is a, in my opinion, not as a learned professional, but in my opinion, it is a really good portrayal of high functioning autism. Yes. 
There's it's as a learned professional. I was like, I I talked a lot about that on the episode. And you should definitely go listen to it because if you don't know, I for the past three years of my life, I've been a behavioral therapist for I I have credentials. Like I went through a whole test and everything um as someone who deals with children with autism. It was really good. I talked about it a lot on there. Um Sorry, I went really quiet. You got quiet because you were getting real. I got really serious. You gotta get performative. <laughs> I got really serious. Um, no, it was excellent. It was really good. It's also a badass action movie. Yeah, it's it's good. It's in it's an A. I'm not putting an S. I can't put it with Knight's Tale. I'm sorry. Um, mainly because I think I found one plot hole or something in there during the episode. But uh, what's next? Ocean's Eight. <laughs> C. C. It was, Ocean's 8 is unremarkable, unrememberable. It has an incredible cast, and it has a mediocre story. And, and, it and the not, writing was funny. The writing was the funny. The writing was funny. It does not live up to how good the original three Ocean's movies were in any way. It also does not, and because it's an Ocean's movie, I think that detracts from how awesome that cast could have been doing anything else. I would, I would love nothing more than if you retooled the characters changed the name and made it not an Oceans movie and just did a lady-fronted heist movie. That would have been dope as hell. But the fact that they labeled it, the fact that they tried to drag it into the Oceans movie universe, really, like, it ratcheted up the level of expectation for it. It's kind of what happened with some of the Harry Potter movies. It, I think the production choice way before the script ever even got greenlit, of trying to follow up the Ocean's 11, 12, and 13 with George Clooney with another one that was, like, fronted by women was a decent idea, but I think it pays off more if you take Ocean's out of it and you just make it a badass heist movie that girls run. It's... It could have been so good just like that, but... I also it wasn't. I also think you would have gotten even more viewers for it because then people because people were already mad because this was also during the time of like the Ghostbusters remake with oh, the yeah, ladies yeah, cast. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So like we were in this thing of like just putting women into franchises, we just gender where they, bent the shit out of all kinds of stuff, and a lot of times you really don't need to do that. And it got and it made people angry. And so I think, yeah, if you pulled that all out of there, they would have, because of the cast and the attractiveness... It is a star-studded cast. You would have pulled more people into it because they wouldn't have been angry that it was an Oceans movie. So, but honestly, on, as a movie itself, it's really good. I'd honestly... I, it was good. It was fun. So C. Next is... The Sorcerer's Apprentice. <laughs> I have so many mixed feelings about this movie. It is one of... The greatest dumb fucking movies. It's so bad, but it's good. But it's so good. It's kind of, see, like, this one falls in Cinderella with me. We're like, that, this, uh, like, just on a standalone, it is a, not a good movie. <laughs> like, I don't it, think the plot is good at all. It's but so Nicolas bad. But Nicolas Cage is in it, and he puts on one of the top five Nicolas Cage performances to ever Nicolas Cage. Okay? It is... So fucking good. And Jay Baruchel is in it. Jay, and he is yeah. tremendous in this movie. It's He's really good. It is so fucking dumb. But it is so fucking funny. And so memeable. Every time Nicolas Cage says words, it's like a nugget of gold. Of like, he, he just is him. 
He's just Nicolas Cage. And we've made it a cultural phenomenon that Nicolas Cage just is Nicolas Cage in all his movies. And this is like the pinnacle of that. It's so good, but it's so bad. The script is bad and it is salvaged from destruction by Jay Baruchel and Nicolas Cage. If you put any other actors in those roles, the movie is trash. But because of those two, it's B. It's got to be B. Do because you think I would, it's better I think than it's Sonic? A, or? I think it's an A-tier movie. Okay. But if you're calling it C, it has to live in B. All right, so B it goes. Because for me, it's an extremely pleasurable garbage. I see. Okay, I picked that movie because I've seen that movie, and I thought you were gonna tear that movie apart because everyone else. But tears it's so that movie dumb apart. and silly. It's it's That's so dumb. That's how I feel about funny. Cinderella. That movie is also so dumb, but it's worse because they did a bunch of dumb shit they didn't need to, and they made it. That movie had the Cinderella movie had the potential to be so dumb it's funny, but they fumbled the fucking bag. And they made it much, much worse. Probably over some office politics. But it it's just no good. Ghostbusters Afterlife. A really good A movie. A really good movie. This was, oh, this was the phase where we went through where we just- We just did, watched like five really good movies in a row. Yeah, because I think it started, actually, it started- It started with, with The Accountant. It started with The Accountant, then we did Ocean's 8, then we did- um, Sorcerer Apprentice, and like we kept going, and we're like, we haven't had well, this. We're also counting the gentleman because you didn't shit on the gentleman like I thought you were going to. True, and I like some of these were definitely setups. Like I set you up with Sorcerer's Apprentice, and I set you up with the gentleman, and neither of those episodes was extremely contentious. It, they're not the best episodes of the podcast, if we're being honest. And then Ocean's Eight was also just kind of like we're like it's a good it was movie. Like, it's fine. And Ghostbusters then- Afterlife is actually a really good revamp of the Ghostbusters franchise we should just pretend the other one doesn't exist we should definitely pretend the other one doesn't exist i think that yeah i think it's an a-tier movie i think it's a big budget grand slam that i think got panned a little bit by critics but i think it's a good audience movie. i think the acting's really good and the girl is really great she's great um the callback to the og guys phenomenal they all did little cameos it was good um it was just good i will also say like I lost my train of thought. Um, no. I, oh, this did for me what the first Jurassic World movie did. Like, it was new. It was revamped. It, it was, was nice to look at. It and great actors. Great actors. And it did enough callbacks that you're like, hey, I remember that nostalgia the, the button. stay puffed little marshmallow demons. What a great, what a great idea. It like did it perfectly for don't pay attention to the rest of the Jurassic World movies after that. But that first one just hit all the, it hit all the right, right nostalgia buttons in my brain to give me that like dose of like happy juice in my brain, the happy hormone. And Ghostbusters Afterlife did that too. Like you get these little snide callbacks if you know, you know moments. Like it was so good. All right. We've caught up to October of 2022. So we are we still have a year's worth of episodes to go. All right. So this is like an actual City Waves gaming episode. <laughs> yeah, we're we're gonna be going for longer than any other podcast episode before. Next up, Titanic. Okay. Um, I'm gonna nope, nope, let me go first because yours will be longer. Just let me get my it's piece not out. Be longer, just go. I would put this in S tier for a lot of reasons. It. And it's because we talked about this on the episode, the amount of cultural tropes that we get because the Titanic exists. There's so much. We just talked about it with Eva Rock Vegas. 
There's so many movies and TV shows and everything that have ripped off scenes or moments or I like iconic quotes from the Titanic is extensive. If you take that movie away, you lose all of that. Not to mention it was at the time one of the most, most expensive, biggest production and most popular movies that existed at the time. So much so that people were willing to pay for two VHS tapes, aging myself a lot, two VHS tapes just to watch the damn thing. And it's one of the best-selling movies of all time. There you go. It's mid. It is a lot of really good acting in a movie about an event that really happened and as a huge tragedy. The the problem with Titanic for me is not that it's bad because it's not really bad, is it? It's it's rather good actually, but watching it is such an awful experience. I cannot say I like that movie. I want I I'll never watch it again. I think it's worth watching one time. I would put it in D if I could because I am so horrified that I've had to sit through such a traumatic and awful experience. Then it goes in B because it, it's going to live in B. But that's not to take away everything that you said. It is one of the pinnacle movies of all time. It deserves its spot on the list of great movies. It deserves all the credit that it's ever received. But because of my own personal experience with the movie, I'll never watch it again. I like Billy Zane. I love Leo DiCaprio. You talked a lot about Billy Zane. Listen, Billy Zane is a great actor, and he is a monstrous asshole in this movie. It is super good. I'll never watch it again, and I will not regret never watching it again. James also makes only the second person in my entire life I've ever seen not cry at Titanic. I I could not cry. It is not. It's just a horror show. It is so traumatic. It is just a horror show. The whole time. Alright, carry on. Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> little Shop. Little, little Shop of Horrors is... I think better served as a musical. Definitely. On Broadway. Yeah. I think the movie is feel good trash. I think it is an incredible Steve Martin performance. Excellent. An extra interesting character you he plays. You get Jim Henson Workshop Gold. You get Jim Henson Workshop Gold. Rick Moranis plays every Rick Moranis character there has ever been in the movie. Yes. And it has to be almost F for Audrey. Not the plant, Audrey. Not Audrey 2. Not Audrey 2. Great performance. The person, Audrey. And the, char the, the character the casting, voice. The casting, the character, the voice. It is one of my least... It's up there with Tina Goldstein as one of my least favorite characters. Not because she's, like, sick and twisted. It's just such an awful thing to have to watch. She's a lovely lady. That's not her real voice. She's doing a character voice. She got told to do that. Yeah. It got approved. Every time she opens her mouth, it 
is a nightmare. She is a dumb character played by a lovely actress who does a terrible voice. It's a waste. It's sad. It's unfortunate. It cannot be as bad as Tina, but it's not good. It's mid. It's C. See, I was going to say just because of, like, everything... I would put it in, because it's, like, almost on the same tier as Cinderella. Like, where it was, like... Oh, really? I think it's much more... Enter- I think it's better Oh, I was going about the way you were talking about it. Oh, okay. But no, I'd put I, it in I, C. I'd put it in C. It's a straight mid-movie. Okay. Okay, Little Shop of Horrors. Then we got The Haunted Mansion, which I did not hate. I did not like it, but I did not hate it. it it's got to go in D. It, That's an easy it, D yeah, for me. It's, it's feel-good trash. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you're never going to like it. I was it. like, I don't even know if I'd put it in feel-good trash, but it's not as bad as Viva Rock Vegas, so it's, it can go oh, it's there. it's certainly not as bad as Viva Rock Vegas. Um, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Such a good fucking movie. A surprisingly good movie. It, I had also enough time had passed that I'd forgotten what Ugly Sonic looked like, and the fact <laughs> that they got the entire character rendition through some legal loophole bullshit was excellent. Everything I loved about it, like everything. Chippendale Rescue Rangers is as good as Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Agreed. It is culturally, it's not going to be as culturally impactful as Who Framed Roger Rabbit. No, because it's been done before. Because it's been done before. But I think it is just as good in every way. And it makes use of multiple animation styles. It makes fun of making useless sequels. It's it makes a, fun of turning, like, 2D into CGI. It lampoons the shit out of the industry while also being a really good movie from the industry. I would put it in A. I'd definitely... I, I'd watch it again and again. I'd definitely put it in A, because I think they even acknowledge the predecessor, if I'm remembering correctly, and they call out Roger Rabbit. Like, they're... It, they, also, John Mulaney is just funny in it. He's, he's just really funny. He's really good. He does a great job. Yeah, it's it's... It's honestly an A, and I might even push it into S later on, depending on how this works out. Because it, I don't think we had a single bad thing to say about the fucking Rescue Rangers movie. If you, like, honestly, go, like, if you have not seen it yet, and you're... It's, been, wor- it's worth a watch. If you, yeah. If, if you need a movie and you want to laugh, it is worth a watch. If you've been putting it off because you're like, oh, reboots. It's like, probably going to be shit. It's not shit. It's in fact the opposite of shit. It's quite good. I will say out of all these reboots that we're getting, every once in a while, there's there's two in here. There's two in here. There's yep. every once in a while you get a little golden nugget out of there and you're like, ah, yes, I like that. But that's the problem is then everybody tries to make them and then. Speaking of golden nuggets, this isn't one. Jungle Cruise. Fucking put that in F for the love of all that is good. I think... I I don't necessarily think that it's a good idea to continue the trend of making movies based on rides at theme parks. However, if you were going to do one, the Jungle Cruise, much like Pirates of the Caribbean, is an a long ride that is interesting, it's fun, it's campy, it's funny, it's a great time front to back. Mm-hmm. The movie forgot to do any of those things. And they relied wholly on the casting of Dwayne The Rock Johnson to make this movie a big seller. And then when he signed on, they were like, I wonder if we can trick other good celebrities into being in this movie. And they threw a bone at Emily Blunt 
And she was like, shit, yeah, I'll do that. And that was a mistake. Emily Blunt's character in this movie is ass. She's just bad. Not good, horrible, very bad in every way. Almost, almost Tina Goldstein bad. She is so awful to the main character all the time. But it's, it's one of those movies where I think it had so much potential. I think it could have been super interesting because there isn't established lore about the... It, there isn't established lore about the Jungle Book. Or uh, not the Jungle Book. There is established lore about the Jungle Book. There's not established lore about Jungle Cruise. And they did try really hard to make lore about Jungle Cruise. But I think they forgot to get good writers. And instead, they skimped, they spent their whole budget on good writers, on Dwayne Johnson's salary, and Emily Blunt's salary, and Paul Giamatti's salary. They got a couple of big stars, and then they tripped over their shoelaces when they wrote all of the lines. I put it in F tier for the sole reason, and I told you this, because I realized it, again, as we were preparing for this episode, I've, I constantly forget that we did Jungle Cruise. Like, I feel like I've blocked it out of my memory. Like, it was that bad, I never want to remember it. It's like, literally constantly forget that we watched that fucking movie. It's bad. Oh, it's bad. Um, it's so bad. It's and, so bad. And every time I'm reminded, it's like, I have PTSD. Like, I get, like, trauma response. I'm like, ah, God, no, not again. I think I, think I raged against Emily Blunt's character. Not to say Emily Blunt's a bad actress. She is I like her. She's one of the better actresses of the current times. Holy shit, that character is so bad. There's not a redeeming quality about her. Not even one. And then at the end, at the end, when the sacrifice of a character is supposed to happen, they go, oh, and they pussyfoot their way to not having the sacrifice actually happen. They could have just ended the movie with him giving up. And it would have been noble. And it would have been good. It would have been a really great ending to a pretty bad movie. It would have redeemed it a lot. And they were just like, oh no, we need to make sequels. Bring him back. Fuck off. Just kill a motherfucker, dude. Just kill him off. Let him be gone. The amount of times I've said that in modern media as a whole, like between like uh, Game of Thrones and... Um... Production companies are just so afraid to pull the trigger on killing characters. The Game of Thrones, incredible. They kill everybody. They didn't give a fuck. It's what hooked so many people. And then they just brought Jon Snow back to life for reasons. Not even Kit Harington knows why. And then uh, the other one that just recently happened was Stranger Things with Hopper. Like... That was a huge fucking monumental Let it be scene. Dead. Like it was so good. It was tragic. I know David Harbour is so fun and so interesting and such a good character, but let him be dead. Like, yeah, like it was such a powerful thing. And then they were just like, just, <laughs> just getting kidding. into Russia. And I was like, fuck you. Fuck you. Because that just makes me feel like I mourned for nothing. And a lot of the times, just to go on a tangent about storytelling, if you want to make stakes, kill a character. If you want to make a movie where stakes aren't real and there's not real tension ever, bring a character back. 
after killing them. Because as soon as you do that, as soon as you bring a character back from death, you let the audience mourn and you bring them back, you kill any seriousness that the movie ever had or the show ever had to offer. You ruin yourself. You just give up all the grip you had on your audience because there's no reason to care if a character is going to die because they might just be back next week. They might just come back in the sequel. You know what was so sad at the end of the first Fantastic Beasts movie? When Jacob Kowalski gets the memory erasure. That's such a powerful moment. And then he's just there for the next couple of movies like we didn't do that? Oh, fuck off. I liked him so much. But if you're gonna fucking make a big thing happen to a character, you can't walk it back. It's cowardly. It's bad writing. It is corporate bullshit. It is. It's, it comes down to, oh, they really like this character, so this character is going to get us money, so more of this character, please. Fucking stop. Make the character have intrinsic value. Anyways. Next movie. F, F for Jungle Cruise, just F in case for you're Jungle keeping Cruise. track at home. Shit fucking movie. Sucker Punch. D. I'm going to agree D. Now, I had a thought during the break. I love Sucker about Punch. About what I think Sucker Punch actually is. I think, no, 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 it's in D. Oh. I think Sucker Punch has one of the stupidest fucking plots of all movie history. So bad. I love this. I think Sucker Punch is an excuse to make an hour and a half long music video. (laughs) I think I think (laughs) if you if you pitch the idea of an hour and a half long music video to Michael Jackson, we would have had one of the greatest movies of all time in 1992. Okay. instead, we get a bunch of insane dream sequence music videos strung back to back on a spider web of a plot that is so flimsy if you look at it it falls apart with (laughs) acting that is done by cardboard cutouts of people hey vanessa hudgens is in there yeah she forgot how to fucking act The direction is trash. The characters don't learn shit. They don't grow. They're not interesting. They're just sad. Jenna Malone is in that movie. And she's just sad. All the characters are sad. None of the... It's unclear if the whole thing is a dream sequence or if it's some Inception bullshit where it's nine dreams inside of one dream that's not happening because What's-Her-Face is in a fucking orphanage or dead already. It's unclear. It's such a shit fucking movie. I fucking put it in F. It's so bad. God, it's a bad movie. <laughs> it has to stay in D, though, because I would put it in C, so. Fuck, I guess it stays in D. It's so bad. There's nothing good about it. The soundtrack is the redeeming quality. You know how bad your movie has to be if the soundtrack's the best part? I, uh, okay. I kind of feel the same way about it as I do Cinderella. Like, it's just 
brain candy. Like, yeah, the plot's really confusing and doesn't make much sense and kind of dumb, but... It's like turning on YouTube Shuffle on the music video channel. But I like to... Uh, it's pretty to look at. I like the, like, aesthetic. And also I have, like, a crush on, like, two of the female characters. So. Dude, you watch every Billie Eilish video that she's ever put out in a row, and it's the same movie. The plot's the same. It's nonsense. D. It stays in D. We're moving on. Sorry, I didn't realize I was going to yell so much about that one. I didn't realize you had such strong feelings about Sucker Punch. I feel like when we did the episode, you were just kind of like, yeah. I mean, I also, I forgot about how much I didn't like that movie. Uh, Spirited Away. C. I don't think it's the best of the Hayao Miyazaki's. I can't Miyazaki's. stand that fucking movie. I'd put it in D. I don't think it's the best of the Hayao Miyazaki's. It feels the most rushed plot-wise. Like, I feel like there was a lot of lore and depth we could really delve into, and it just tried to go so fast because it was a children's movie. It's um, also one of the most demented animated films I've ever seen. It gave me trauma. It has child. so many allusions to sex work in a forced way that it, I, ooh, no way. That is not a children's movie. There, that is a movie for adults and it is problematic. There, It's also one of the first in like instances in my life I can track back to like legitimately giving me childhood trauma. So I'll, 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 I'll put it in D. Even though it's a Studio Ghibli film. A and Miyazaki I film in the D category. Who'd have thought? Because there's some... There's a Miyazaki movie in this list that's going to go way fucking higher than that. Oh, yeah, it is. I know exactly which one. Uh, next up, Dune. <laughs> D. America Can't Stand Dune. I thought it was pretty great. I'd put it in A. I so it's going to live in C. Fine. Fine, fine, fine. Listen, it's one of the first times I've seen Zendaya act, and I wasn't surprised at how it mid it was. I will say it's one of the few times I've seen Zendaya and not immediately hated the movie. So I can put it... She did a fine job. Timothy Chalamet did an incredible job. Josh Brolin was great. To be fair, Daniel I have was great. legitimate reasons to hate Zendaya. It's not like a Matthew McConaughey situation. Like, I severely dislike her as a person. So for me to be all like, yeah, no, she did okay in the movie. She's had her issues. It's it's good. The dog is very upset about I something. I think he needs to go out. Probably. Um, all right. Let, uh, Black Adam. Um. D... It was funny. DC heroes suck balls. Uh, DC villains are pretty interesting. There are some really dope characters in this movie. The writing's funny. The writing is okay. There are some really dope, but it's another one of those things where it's like, oh, he made a sacrifice, and true, the movie only true. happens if the sacrifice is just shoo shooed away. True. It's plot wise, it's a stupid fucking movie. Yeah. Character-wise, Black Adam is super interesting as a yes. character. Is a DC anti-hero who has no qualms about doing murder. Uh, I think he's a super interesting character. His sacrifice is learned but washed away. And I think that is just stupid. Um I you know, I think I think it's a, a series of great action movies. But I think all the side characters get so little time to be interesting that you get little nuggets of what could be dope fucking characters. And then also, they killed off fucking, uh, 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 what's his face? Fuck me, I can't remember his name. Fuck. I'm embarrassed because I really liked his performance in this movie. Shit, I have to go look now. 
Say words. Okay. Um, I was going to leave to take care of the dog for the next one because I can just throw this up here. Pierce Brosnan. That's yeah. Sorry. All right. Let's um, let's let's give me a moment. No, no. I, I need just a moment because this is gonna get loud. Oh yeah, it's gonna get really loud. Um, I'm gonna go take care of the dog. James, why don't you talk about cats? Okay. Explain the premise of why it's Cars Three on the podcast, please. Okay. When <laughs> when we were supposed to do. A movie after Black Adam. The episode was going to come out on April 1st. Or, I'm sorry, it was getting recorded April 1st. So, we said we were going to do Cars 3. Because, fucking, that's some silly shit. Let's do Cars 3. In fact, I think we actually had a vote and we maybe fudged it to be Cars 3 so that we could enact this plan. In which we did not watch Cars 3. We watched Cats. Or, maybe I'm misremembering. I don't know. There was some plot that was hatched in which we disguised the review of the movie Cats as Cars 3. So we watched Cats. My wife is a big Broadway person. Big theater person. A lot of friends were big theater people. Lovers of Andrew Lloyd Webber. What the fuck was that? Okay. First of all, we have to acknowledge that Andrew Lloyd Webber saw cats and said, what the fuck was that? Now, I have been told that there is not a whole lot of difference between Cats the movie and Cats the musical. So it's an automatic F. Instantly, unashamedly, F. Okay? Okay. Now, the plot of Cats is to have a talent show in which the winner is murdered. But due to the fact that Cats is a cult, everyone is excited to become murdered. This is, at its core, one of the dumbest fucking things I've ever heard. However, if you were to write a movie about a cult who held a competition of some kind in which people who were not in the cult could become a part of the cult or people who were in the cult could ascend to another plane or another level, then it would potentially be a really interesting movie. But holy fucking ass. What an abysmal movie. And it's, they don't even pretend to make it like subterfuge, like they're trying to trick people into dying. 
It's, it's obvious. As soon as they tell you that you get in the chandelier and you go to your new life, it's very clear. And they've done it for years. They've killed hundreds, maybe, of cats. They do it every year. And what is Jellicle? What in the hot fuck is Jellicle? That's not a real word. It doesn't mean anything. It's not even defined in the movie. They don't even make up a definition for it. Why? It's just a club name. There's no difference. Also, Idris Elba is magic. There's magic in the world. Taylor Swift's in the movie. Why? All she does is sex. It's wild. Jenny, any dots? What a horrible slave master. The Meister slaves. It's just that's how it is. She forces them to obey her. And the bugs. The cockroaches too. There's so much madness. It's so bad. It's one of the most insane fever dreams I've ever witnessed. Ah! I'm a nervous fucking breakdown over cats. We made a new category um, for those of you that are listening to this later. It's below F. It's the category called cats. Or there will probably only ever be one movie that lives there. James Corden's in the movie just to get hit in the balls. Why? Give us the butthole at it. Ah! Cats. Cats, everybody. Cats is its own category. I'm we're gonna, so sweaty. We're going to move on. The next one. Uh, I saw the Hedgehog 2. Good movie. Good movie. Great movie. Good movie. Uh, I wouldn't... <laughs> I wouldn't put it uh, with Sonic the Hedgehog 1. It's not as good as that, but Jim Carrey really does his best to try. And you get Tails and Knuckles, and good were both were good were good Another, It's actually two movies with Idris Elba back-to-back -back where one is really, really bad, and one is decent. He has range, okay? <laughs> he's an animated creature that is akin to a feline in both movies, and he's really good in one, and he's mm, in the other. Actually, just for some of Knuckles' throwaway lines, I kind of want to put it up here because it's, it's honestly really funny. I wouldn't put it up there for Knuckles. I'd put it up there just for Jim Carrey. It's it, it's not as good plot-wise as the first one, but Jim Carrey is so good in it. And the, like, yeah, okay, so I guess for this, it might be one of the rare instances, kind of like Shrek 2, where you have a sequel that can honestly hold it, its it own lives, in some it ways. It lives up to the first movie, not because the story is as good, but because they put so much extra shit in there that was actually quality. Well, that's the same with Shrek 2. I would not say that the story of Shrek 2 is anywhere know, the, the near The story as good of as... Shrek 2 is really <laughs> fucking funny. The but story like, of Shrek the... 2 has to live on until it's really fucking funny. <laughs> Never mind. We, we can't talk about We Shrek. can't talk about Shrek 2. We can't we can't. Okay, we, have to move we, on. we literally have to go. Um Bruce, Bruce Almighty. Almighty. Another Jim Carrey movie that is really good. Yeah. It's I don't think it's as good as some other Jim Carrey movies. The Grinch. Uh the Grinch, would but the Grinch is an S tier movie. I think Bruce Almighty is an A tier Jim Carrey movie. 
I was like, I, we talked best. about we talked about already that we'd put it on tier with the mask, so it's already yeah, got to go in A. It's quite good. We really lean heavily on Jim Carrey. We here. really like Jim uh, Carrey. He's, he's very funny. <laughs> I love him. For another Miyazaki movie, Howl's Moving Castle. This one is the one that's probably going to do much better than Spirited Away. It, you it's, have Christian Bale. It's better in a lot of ways. I I don't think it's a children's movie. It's not. It's not a good it, story. It, it's not a happy story. It's, I think, an incredible perspective on war and the ethics over war. But children have deep, deep memories attached to this movie, and I think that's problematic. Are you talking about me? Yes. Oh. <laughs> but it's not just you. It's a category of people that you fit into. My brother's in that category, too, because I showed it to him as a young child. I think Howl's Moving Castle is a good movie. It's a good look at war. I think it relies too heavily on a lot of really mediocre tropes from other Miyazaki movies, but I think it's good. I, I give it B. It's very pretty to look at, too. It is very pretty. Um, and um, Calcifer, is that his name? Cal yeah, Calcifer, Billy Crystal. So good. Tremendous job. Uh, now for something completely different. A Million Ways to Die in the West. Ugh. Can I put that in F, please? For the love of God. It's Seth MacFarlane. Let me have this Yeah, but one. Charlize Theron is in it, and she does her goddamn best to make also, it not bad. I also cannot agree with my thing, because I'm looking at what's in F tier. and I'm, Oh, it's better than what's in F tier. It's better. It's almost as good as what's in C tier. But it is no. it is better. I cannot than give you in good conscience Dune and a million ways to die in the West in C tier. That's you can have one or the other. That's because Dune belongs at least a tier up. Ugh. It's a sci-fi epic on the level of Star Wars, but with a budget. It's just confusing as fuck. I don't understand what's happening. I'll give you this. Dune is one of the only movies where I've watched it and been like, I don't know what the fuck's going on or what any of this means, but still been entertained, nonetheless. You get one or the other. I cannot give you both in C tier, and I, I cannot move put Dune a, up. Put a million in D. Put a million in D, then. Um, after A Million Ways to Die in the West, Greece. F. No. F. Not a chance in Fucking hell, you have Olivia Newton-John, you have, um... All the sexism in the world. You have John Travolta. Who is an entire man pretending to be a high schooler. You have some of the most iconic songs from that era. Every single thing in the movie is bad. I cannot give you F. John Travolta laughs like this. <laughs> it's bad. It's phone. It's a fucking phoned-in John Travolta performance. I love John Travolta. He has been in some great movies that I adore. This is a phoned-in John Travolta performance. Olivia Newton-John does her best to perform, but her character is garbage. She doesn't learn anything except change to appease your partner. It's sexist. It's problematic in every way. There are pedophiles in it. It is bad. Front to back, bad. Not a redeeming quality in it. The music is fine, but once again, it's kind of like a, 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 a sucker punch where everything about it is bad except the music. I'm going to argue D as a cultural phenomenon. 
because it was a huge cultural thing. Just because it's a cultural phenomenon doesn't make it a good one. You cannot watch that movie and tell me you learned good things from it. They're, the characters do not have good arcs. A good character arc makes the character better by the end of the movie or dead. And this character arc makes the characters worse in every instance. I'm going to play a card I haven't gotten to play yet, but I'm going to play it. Um, can I put it in D for my mom? Fuck. A, a dead mom card? Yeah, I'm pulling it. <laughs> I'm pulling it. I'm pulling my card. I haven't gotten to use it yet. On record, Grease is the only other movie that belongs in the cat's tier. There is nothing redeeming about it. I'll allow it in D. But I do believe in my whole heart that every other D movie in here is better than Grease. I can't. It's bad. It is just bad. And you know what? We went on a cruise after we recorded this episode. And we watched a rendition of Grease. It was before. Was it before? You saw the cruise one before. I saw the cruise one before this. The rendition of Grease on the boat is better than the movie. No. Not plot-wise. I was like, no, you can't. But at least the acting wasn't phoned in. At least the acting wasn't phoned in. It was just bad on purpose. I'm getting called out in chat by even my friends. That's because Grease is bad. It's a bad movie. Okay, but it can't go with cats. Well, you would put it in what? C? No, I would. And I'd put it in cats? It belongs in F. We'll put it in F. I'm sure the show is fine. Every character is bad. Every character is wrong. And then for a much better movie. Blazing Saddles. I'll give you D. You're going to put... You are going to put... Where are the white women at? In D? In D? Yeah. Under no circumstances. Mel Brooks is still alive, goddammit. That movie goes in S for me personally, in A for production overall. That movie belongs in B at the worst. It is one of my favorite movies. Well, I say D, so I guess it goes in C. Ugh. It's another contentious pick like Dune to be in C, but I'll, I guess, allow it. Blazing Saddles, holy shit. You're gonna desecrate the memory of that poor man? Unreal. Blazing Saddles is so good. Blazing Saddles. Uh, oh, wh- where would you put Robin Hood Men in Tights if we ever did that movie? Oh. In S? <laughs> in S? You'd put Robin Hood Men in Tights in S, but you'd put Blazing Saddles in D? Well, I would. What kind of fucking heretic are you? I married a psychopath. I was about to say, actually, it can move up to B. Great. Do that! With haste! <laughs> but you wouldn't let me talk. You've been so yelly. Are you okay? No! Do you need to see someone? Yes! We don't have time or money! Do you want a hug? 
castle in the sky. Uh, where's Howl's? I put it in C. It's, I liked it more than Howl's. Ooh, really? It's, uh, I had noted that it's the best one I've seen. I'd, I'd move Howl's down to C and put Castle in the Sky in B. I'd do that, because I like Castle in the Sky more than Howl's. And I think Castle in the Sky was a better movie structurally than Howl's Moving Castle. Isn't it one of the most early ones, too? Yeah, 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 it's an older one. It's also one of the few movies that have way less uh, plot holes from Miyazaki. Truth. <laughs> the, everything is sort and of tied up. And this one has a floating city in the sky. Everything like. <laughs> is sort of tied up with a bow at the end of the movie. And you go, okay, great. That's how it is. It's it's maybe the best one. Okay, yeah, no, um, I'm fine with that because I, I don't like Howl's as much as I like Castle in the Sky. This is my favorite one. Bullet Train. I have so many mixed feelings about this goddamn movie, but it probably has to go in. I mean, I I put it in A. I was like, I because was it's say it's a. one of it's one of my favorite dialogue movies. Absolutely, in a long time. It's I, some of the funniest fucking character work, and I, there's a bunch of A list celebrities who get like cameo moments where they fight Brad Pitt and die. It's so fun. It's a fun movie. It's dumb, but it's a fun movie. It's really good. And I was about to say, I was like, I think the only reason I have such bad feelings about it now is because the recording of that episode. Yeah, that was rough. Was really bad for both accounts. Like it was just, it was an awful. Explaining the plot of the movie is really hard. Just go watch it. Yeah. Trying to explain it while you're also trying to like read funny notes you wrote later. It's because the plot of the movie is three plot lines happening at the same time and you're cutting between each of them in order. And it's it's so many jumps that it's difficult to keep track of who is where, what is happening. At the same time, every character is hilarious. It's yeah. really hard. It's really hard. And there's some heart feel moments in it. It's a, it's a good fucking movie. There's stuff that happens in the past. It, it's, it's, yeah, so, it's, it's, it's There's a lot. It's a lot. It's so good though. Go watch it, please. That's it's one like, of the. It's John Wick level action. In like with, Kingsman speed. With Kingsman, right? With a Kingsman plot, John Wick action, Kingsman plot, Deadpool dialogue. Yeah. It is all so good. Uh, <laughs> so it, it it's an A tier movie. Yeah, it's, it's so just good. an A tier movie. It's ma- It's one of the sleeper best movies we've seen in a while. Yeah, it was really good. Spaceballs. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, no. Okay. Wait. I might have to do some things. Okay. Like what? Okay, no. I Okay, I agree with the placement of Blazing Saddles here now, because if I'm going to rank, I'm looking at all my- If you're looking at all your Mel Brooks movies? I'm looking at all my Mel Brooks movies, I- Blazing Saddles is better than Spaceballs. Absolutely. <laughs> like, that would probably- Spaceballs has to- it, It's a C-tier movie yeah. for me. Because some of the meta jokes in Spaceballs are maybe the best of all time, but that's a dumb fucking movie. It's so bad. That's a dumb fucking movie. And it's a waste of John Candy and his talents. That is true. A astronomical waste of John Candy. Um, after Spaceballs, we did Young Frankenstein. What the fuck is that? Uh, El Dorado. Oh, because I haven't put out episodes of El Dorado yet. It, they're going out this week. They go out tonight. At least one. Uh, Young Frankenstein... I think it is as good as Blazing Saddles. Absolutely. It was really good. I don't think it's better, though. I know. 
it's more serious and less funny than Blazing Saddles. Just, but I think that's the point of it. You just get two um, two really great performances from the cast. Gene Wilder Gene is Wilder's great in both. Fantastic. That's actually why I was bumped Blazing Saddles up in my vote. Because, because Gene Wilder's so damn good. Yeah. 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 Young Frankenstein. Peter Boyle's great in it. It it takes. It Freaking goes to Igor. B. It goes to B. Igor switching his hump. It's great. Young Frankenstein beats here. Last but not least, it is the most recent movie we watched. The episodes are not even out yet. Um, so a sneak as of the preview. recording, as of the recording of this episode, they're not out yet. So a sneak preview for those of you who are tuning in live. The Road to El Dorado was the last movie we watched. Most recent episode recorded. Um, if I'm recalling everything that we talked about in that movie, uh, it is a DreamWorks movie. That is a funny haha, but it's really kind of bad in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's, it, I think it's a D tier movie. I, uh, it has some really great moments in it. It's got some memeable moments. And it is a super waste of the only female character. Yes. A super waste of Rosie. She's just there to be his sex. She's just there to sex. But never have I ever laughed at a giving head joke before that hard. Holy shit. That moment in the movie is astronomically funny. Mm. <laughs> His hair is so fucked up, too. Uh, it's, there's some moments in it that are really good. There's a lot of moments in it that are really bad. The plot is mediocre at best. It lives in D. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the tier list of every movie we have watched thus far. Uh, S tier. The only S tier movie we have watched thus far is A Knight's Tale. Woo! It is one of the only recorded instances of me being right about something that America said with her whole chest uh, all the way down to F tier where Hangover, Viva Las Vegas, Jungle Cruise, Hangover and Part lives. 3. I'm Hangover sorry, yes, part Hangover Part 3. Should clarify that. Greece, Jungle Cruise, they all live in F. And one step below that, everybody say it with me, it's Cats. God damn, what a movie. What a man, what a man. What a mighty fine man. 